lovely, dead and 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 lovely. We did it. Yeah. It went as planned. Yeah. Brandon Wood gave us that idea. Yeah, way to go. Way to mm-hmm. go, dead and lovely listener old B. Wood. Also got me a fine ashtray for my birthday. He did get you an ashtray. Yeah, which is now not full of ashes, but rather picks. Yeah. That, Gu- guitar picks. That, that looks because it, it's shaped like a lute. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, it's you, a fancy thing. You think you'd put guitar picks in it. Hello and welcome, you fair Spanish ladies. And welcome <laughs> to your absolute favorite podcast of any kind. Yeah. Dead and lovely. Since our Veronica episode, we are very popular with Spanish ladies. Yeah, obviously. Mm-hmm. Obviously, yeah. I was saying hi to them. Hey, what's up? Yeah, and you Hola. Spanish guys, too. Hola. Que tal? Yeah. You know, what's, what's up? You too? It's your host with the most. It's me, Uncle Ben. And who's that over here? Why, it's me, Dollywood Steve. Dollywood Steve. Is that the weird cave pedo yeah, voice again? Yeah, it's cave pedo. He uh, came back. Not that guy. Cave pedo. He has no it's place me. here. Hollywood fucking Steven Spratling. Hollywood fucking Steve Spratling. Yeah, Look Hollywood. You. How you been this week? Um, Man, I've been pretty damn good. Yeah? Uh, it's been really rainy this yeah, week. Yeah, it has. It has. Which is uh, kind of cool. I like rain when okay. I'm not in it. Um, But also, my yard... Very mushroomy. Oh, yeah. So every time after it rains, get uh, a new type of mushroom that I see. Uh-huh. Not one of them edible, and not one of them hallucinogenic. Oh, man. Unfor- well, I, I think some of them probably are hallucinogenic. Yeah. You see the lights before you die. Yeah, they're, <laughs> they're very poisonous. Yeah. yeah. Good deal, man. Uh-huh. Good deal. That sounds like you've been having a pretty chill kind of week. Uh-huh. Also, we have some blackberries growing across the fence. Ooh. Yeah, so that's pretty cool. Too. That's a southern southern treat right yeah. there. Walk Get by, grab black a blackberry. Uh-huh. That's not so bad. Mm-hmm. How's your week been? Uh, it's been good. It's been busy. This is the week of my of my birthday. Crash yeah. landing into my birthday your birth week. weekend here. Last uh as we mentioned on our Final Girls episode, that came out on my actual birthday. Yeah. And so we've just been kind of enjoying a birthday week. I went out on my actual birthday to um, Pretentious and like Stock and Barrel in mm-hmm. Knoxville for a burger. Yeah. And as we were walking towards Stock and Barrel, I got stopped by a newsman who had a camera. Oh, no. Yeah. And he said, hey, y'all want to be on the news? Uh-huh. And Kate was, of course, like, no, but he will, <laughs> meaning me. <laughs> And she was correct. Yeah, and I was like, um, yeah, okay, I will. What do I got? Okay. Uh-huh. And the news guy just kind of explained to us, he's like, yeah, I'm with Channel 10 News, and we do like uh-huh. our, uh, we just WBIR. basically, is that it? Mm-hmm. So basically, they just like stop people, and it's like, hey, what's going good for you today? Okay. Yeah, so it's just like kind of like your, your like happy thought of the news. day. Yeah, an actual good news or uh-huh. something. <laughs> okay. So, so um, they're like, and a bus crash today left 32 orphans yeah. paralyzed. Now to some good news. Yeah, exactly. This guy's having a birthday. That's pretty much what it was, because they, <laughs> they stopped me, and it's like, I don't know, I guess I was just being normal or whatever, but, uh-huh. you know, when, when the camera's on... You gotta perform. I'm on. Yeah. Yeah, so So he, you did your Steve Harvey impression. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Which is very good. I'm mm-hmm. Steve Harvey, I said. Yeah. And it's mustache. Great. Yeah, mustache. Uh-huh. I said it that the way. Multiple buttons on my suit jacket. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Disbelief at what people oh, answer. Oh, these people are so yeah. stupid. And after I did that, they're like, well, who are you? And I'm like, I'm Uncle Ben. <laughs> I just got real, Perfect. real live. The camera guy was kind of like, whoa, like kind of instantly taken aback. He's like, well, what are you doing down local here? Local nuts. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Local nutcase. So I was like, I'm down here to celebrate my own birthday. 
and to have a burger at a stock and barrel and a liquid energy beer. Oh yeah. And he says, is that so? He's like, yeah, why do you why do you choose to come to downtown Knoxville? And I'm like, because I like nice things. <laughs> and downtown Knoxville is full of things that are nice. That's true. And they ran that on the news. That's awesome. Yeah. The news Man, we people get, we thought it was kind of funny. We got to get that clip. Yeah. Yeah. Kate's mom like videoed it or something. Oh, okay. So I'll get her to send so it. So she's got a, like a VHS copy. Yeah. VHS copy. Awesome. Have, yeah. I'll have her put it on Laserdisc and then upload oh, that. Oh, shit. Yeah. 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 The, the, listen, the transfer from VHS to Laserdisc, oh, it's, it's flawless. Yeah. Yeah. Premium. Mm-hmm. So that was fun. And then we went out and... Let's see, we had to, like a little family party over here uh, mm-hmm. Friday, Got which was family. fun. Yeah, did the family thing. Hanging out things. with your family, having yourselves a party. Uh huh, a little pizza pie. Have you ever seen Birdemic Shock and Terror? No. Oh, you should see that. It's what is it? One of the worst movies you'll ever see Tight. in your life. I it should is, see it. It is so poorly done. But at a certain point, there's basically a music video, and the song is hanging out, hanging out. Hanging out with my family. That sounds good. Having ourselves a party. Uh. Yeah. It's in a Chinese restaurant for some reason. I like it. Seriously, you should watch that movie. What's it called? Birdemic Shock and Terror. Anyway, back to the family party. (laughs) So we did the fam thing, and then Saturday... We went and seen a couple of a couple of flicks, seen ourselves a couple of talkie flicks, uh-huh. which was a lot of fun. First, we watched Deadpool Part Two. Yeah, that's a good one to watch. It was fucking awesome. Yes, it is. Like I know I'm seeing this like as it's probably on its way out of most theaters. Well, it's a good time to talk about it. Yeah, mm-hmm. it was fucking great. I think it actually might have been better than the first one. I really like. I immediately thought they were equivalent. At, yeah. at the least um, I've seen it twice I yeah. saw it by myself uh, The day it came out And then I also saw it with my wife uh, Wait, I didn't see it by myself Did yeah. I? I think I, I saw remember. it with, uh, with Old Fly and Brian I mean, you're actually. never really alone You saw it with the with Holy Jesus. Ghost And the yeah. Trinity and yeah. so on Yeah Well, that's true So there were four of us, I yeah. guess I hope you liked was- it Oh, they liked it? I don't know. It gets they confusing. Were, they're they, really judgy about it. The pronoun it. game gets fishy when you're talking about the Trinity. Yeah. Listen, isn't it weird that Christians have a problem calling people by their preferred pronoun? And yeah. then when they, you get to... You're worshiping a they. You're worshiping a they. I mean, that's not gender I feel specific. like I'm three people in one. That's the original Slippery Slope. <laughs> <laughs> you conservative fuck. <laughs> That's good. I like that. But I thought that it was fucking great. I loved how jam-packed with deep-cut references it was. Like, there was a Rob Liefeld joke in the movie. Yeah. They made a joke about a guy, like some fucking cocksucker that can't even draw feet right. Yeah. And I was like, oh my God, did they just make a Rob Liefeld joke? Yeah, they made, I mean, in all of them, they're making a lot of Rob Liefeld jokes. Yeah. Specifically, uh, how they deal with Shatterstar, I think is... Dude... The greatest. It was fantastic. Yeah, he has like the audition thing where he's trying to form his team and Shatterstar uh-huh. shows up and he's just like, I'm like you, I just do everything better. Yeah. And he looks fucking stupid. Yeah, just like in the comics. Yeah, like they gave him the headgear thing, uh-huh. they gave him the flowy white costume, yeah. which cracked me up because it's uh-huh. one of those things that, you know, a lot of those costumes translate great to the screen. Deadpool's look translates great. Oh, yeah. But then like... They could have, like, cooled up Shatterstar. Oh, and of made course it, they could have, but I, they wanted to make fun of it. It was yeah. amazing. And then, like, the whole team just fucking eats shit as soon as they yeah. parachute out of the, the helicopter. Yeah. 
Which Except was for, of fantastic. course, Domino, yeah. who is the best character in the entire I movie. would watch a Domino movie well, so 100%. Fast. Was Zazie Beetz in it? I'm watching Hell it. She was yes. so good. I thought it was cool, too, how they reversed it, where in the comic, she's white with a black spot around uh-huh, her eye. Yeah. This, she's black with a white spot Yeah, in the comic, it technically just doesn't make any sense. No. Because she's black on, with vitiligo. Or? She has vitiligo. You can also see it on her hands. She has white spots on oh, her hands yeah. and stuff. So there's the explanation for having a white spot on her, her eye, but the right. explanation for... A completely white woman just having a black spot on her eye. No idea. It looked cool. Yeah. I think. <laughs> I loved how the luck power translated on screen, too. Yeah. And they made fun of it, which was great. Uh-huh. Because it's, like, it's not really a power, but it is. Everything just works out for her. Yeah. It was awesome, man. Yeah. The way the juggernaut was handled was great. Oh, yeah. That was good. I love, like, the huge X-Men cameo where he's, like, uh-huh. in the mansion, and he's like, why come it's just always you around here? Then, yeah, like, Beast, just... like, shuts the door. Yeah. <laughs> God. That was really good. It was fantastic. I think X Force is going to be great. Are they doing an X Force movie? Yeah. Huh? What? Yeah, they're already in production. Who's going to be in it? Uh, everybody from Deadpool too. Really? Mm-hmm. Well, what about all the people that fucking died? I mean, they're not. They're dead. So cool. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so like the people at the end of Deadpool two who are like Deadpool's family. That's X. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. okay. Cool. 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 Yeah. Awesome. I really loved it. I would totally go and watch it again mm-hmm. uh, in a heartbeat. Really yeah, it was it. really fun. So then we also went and saw the new Jurassic Park. Oh, boy. Jurassic Park, the lost, the, the, the Jurassic Lost World 5 Park. <laughs> I don't even remember what it's called. What is it called? I don't, I don't know. know. It's the I Lost World know. something. Yeah. Um, P.S. New favorite thing. Okay. And I can't remember who it was that was telling me about this, but I was hanging out with somebody and they were talking about might have been Jenny. Yeah, I think it was Jenny. Where she was talking about when she used to work at, at Blockbuster. Uh-huh. And like people would come in looking for a movie and they'd ask them if they have it, but they'd kind of like say the name wrong. Uh-huh. So it's become like my new favorite thing to whenever I'm like buying a movie ticket, I'll say the name of the movie wrong and see if they notice. <laughs> so I got two tickets for Dadpole 2. <laughs> And then when we went back to the theater, I got... Dadpool (laughs) 2. Yeah. And then I ordered tickets for Jersey Park. Jersey Park? Yeah. They didn't say anything? Nope. They're like, we've heard it all. Yeah. We're in the South. Which is actually pretty funny because like, (laughs) considering the movie is called Jurassic World... Jersey Park. Neither of those words are in the name of the movie. Because like, two for Jurassic World. Got it. Yeah, I like those kids are getting paid minimum wage, but can you imagine like how many times they get? Uh, can I get one for the one with the nice looking fellow? Yeah, exactly. Uh, he's just like, okay, yeah, got Guardians of the Galaxy two, got yeah, it. pretty much. <laughs> so Jurassic World, whatever it's fucking uh, called. Um, I'd heard a lot of bad stuff about it. I know yeah, a lot of people too. didn't like it, mm-hmm. as as we know from our past episodes. I love Jurassic Park, the OG, the other ones. Not so great. They aren't, no. Um, This newest one was was not great. Like, the first parts of the movie where they're on the island and it's like blown up and there's volcanoes and stuff. Okay. That's pretty cool. All right. Pretty much everything you saw from the preview. So everything on the preview, okay. Yeah. And then after that, not really very good. Had some really huge pacing problems. Uh Uh-huh. Some great special effects. Okay. Some really killer special effects. Actually, all that, like all the volcano stuff... Mm-hmm. looked incredibly realistic. Like, it's kind of nuts. It's the kind of thing where I'm like, wow, they could totally fake a natural disaster and put on the news if they wanted to. Whoa. Whoa. And then they could do a deep fake. Of, I'm on to you, Hawaii. Do a deep fake of Trump saying, like, yeah. I've ordered this volcano. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what... 
what else he would say about it. Yeah. But the movie did have some cool, like, ethical points that it kind of dove into okay. that I thought was fun that I think are, like, flying way over everybody's heads. Okay. Because, like, the whole kind of mission of the movie at first, like, you've seen those scenes in the previews, like, Jeff Goldblum in that, like, courtroom. Uh-huh. They're trying to decide. It's like, should we let these dinosaurs go extinct on this island? They technically shouldn't be here because we created them, blah, mm-hmm. blah, blah. And it's like, it's kind of like everybody's generally pretty heartless about it. And they're like, well, it's an act of God that's eliminating these things, so we should just let it be. Mm-hmm. But then, and this is kind of spoiler stuff. Is that okay? I don't, I'm not going to see it probably. <laughs> Later on in the movie, it turns out that like this guy that used to be John Hammond's partner uh-huh. has like cloned his own daughter. Okay. Because his daughter died or something. He's like brought uh-huh. her back and cloned her. Okay. Good way to get your daughter back. Right? Yeah. So then it kind of raises these ethical questions where it's like, okay, so is a cloned human life that you brought back, is that valid anymore? Is that still, um, you know, is there sanctity to that mm-hmm. or whatever? So it kind of raises some some kind of interesting ethical questions. Okay. It doesn't dig that deep into them, though, is the thing. Like, it could have turned yeah. into, like, you've seen Ex Machina. Yes. Which is just, like, Amazing. phenomenal. Uh-huh. Yeah. And it's like it's kind of like this movie wanted to dig into some of that stuff, and maybe there's a cut that exists where they do, but it also just kind of felt obligated to be a summer blockbuster with dinosaurs and Chris Pratt. Well, I mean, you got to sell tickets, right? Yeah. And, and then, like, people I have... People don't want to ask ethical, yeah. moral quandary. They don't want to deal with that. They right. just want to see flashing lights and but it's like loud kind, noises. kind of there. Okay. You know, it's like kind of there a little bit. Try to sneak it in. Yeah. There's also a lot of stuff about like animal cruelty and stuff that Kate was talking about as far mm, as okay. a lot of ethical treatment kind of stuff, which is cool. Um, also kind of think the movie is about Trump supporters. <laughs> oh, okay. Because <laughs> the whole thing is, is like, there's this one character in the movie that kind of plays a big part in the buying and selling of these dinosaurs who I swear they were just trying to make him look like Donald Trump. <laughs> like he's got this ridiculous blonde hair. That's awesome. He wears a suit all the time. Like there's a part where a dinosaur roars and it like blows his hair up in that big cockatoo oh, fashion man. like when Trump's hair mm-hmm. is blown around. I swear they were trying to make him look like Trump. And I think like a lot of the movie, if you look at it this way, <laughs> it could be kind of interpreted as like just because Trump has brought out all these like dumb lizard brain fucking dinosaurs back into reality. Right. Do we have to listen to them? And is it, you know what I'm saying? It's yeah. like, does their opinion matter? Do they, does it matter now just because he brought it back? Do we have to listen to these things that, have got, awesome. that used to be extinct just because awesome. he brought them back? Okay. So it's like, maybe it's unintentional, but knowing Hollywood, probably not. And there's also, there's yeah. also a lot of like Trump references in there. Like there's a part where one guy who's played by fucking James gum, Buffalo Bills in the movie. Really? Yeah. And he says something about nasty women. Oh, no. Yeah. I mean, okay. it's like, there's all these references in there. So I think that it's kind of about that. It's kind of been a little while since we uh, shit talk Trump on the show. So Yeah, that's fun. <laughs> well, you're welcome, guys. Yeah. Um. Man. Okay. Well, that's interesting, at least. I like that. Yeah. Yeah. I think that there's a cut of the movie somewhere that's probably pretty good. That's that's true of a lot of movies, yeah, honestly. Yeah. Yeah. P- too many people get involved, or somebody with the wrong agenda gets involved. And, yeah, totally. And it just ends up not being what everybody on set thought it was going to be. Yeah. 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 But it was it was okay. It was okay. Cool. And then um and then today we went out with some some friends, old Lindsay and Thomas earlier, who we had a friend of ours who was in town that wanted to go and check out some of the local brewing establishments that Oswald has to offer. Oh. Have you ever, like, 
day drunk really hard and then been awake long enough to feel the effects yes. of your body processing a lot of alcohol. Yep. yep. That's where I'm at right now. Mm-hmm. I don't like it here. <laughs> I would because you know usually like you you kind of get shitty and you fall asleep and you sleep through all of this. Yeah. Instead of having like the waking hangover thing. It's man, I'll tell you what, especially uh, brunch in LA. Oof. Oh, you get yeah. a bottomless mimosa or something yeah. like that. Yeah. Oh God, that would happen. Like one time we went to a place in Santa Monica with uh, my cousin Zach, who lives in Santa Monica, um, and uh, also my cousin Shotgun. Shotgun. Who writes for the LA Times. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we were out in Santa Monica, and this place—I swear—it was like, it was like you walked into a club at. 12.30 on a Friday oh, night. I remember you talking about this place. The music yeah. was just like booming or something. The music was just Ugh. blasting and it was like bottom. It was bottomless Bloody Marys or bottomless mimosas. Oh my god. And the the menu was good. It yeah. was like it was insane. And yeah, I left there pretty drunk. Yeah. And it was like two yeah. on a Sunday. So you have all day to enjoy the yeah. effects of your body processing all and that stuff. And then by 8 o'clock, you're just like, oh, fuck life. Yeah, that's kind of how I've been today, where I've been like, is this what I do to myself? This sucks. Mm-hmm. <laughs> anyway, I'm going to crack open this beer You get your bowl right there. What are you having? So this is a, a sweet water triple tail yeah. that you had in your refrigerator. I did. I got and me I, a, a box ready for the party. I have had some sweet water brews, but I've never had a triple tail. It's pretty good. It's so, a pretty good situation. I like that one pretty good. Let's see what it's like. And... They got a couple of good ones I like. I like that going coastal, the pineapple IPA. I do like that. I've had that one. I think that's the first beer there's that I had that I like really liked. I actually really like just the regular IPA, the one that's yellow, not the not the 420. The 420 is okay. We got one of those on deck too. But just the regular yellow IPA is actually pretty good. How's that triple tail treating you? Boy, it's triplicious. Yeah? Does it have two more tails than you expected? I expected one tail. Yeah. For sure. Because uh-huh. that's, I mean, you take a drink of beer, you get the tail. Yeah, you get the tail. Everybody knows that saying. Yeah. Um, but boy, along came a second and then a third. What? And I was like, hey, this tastes a little like banana. Yeah, a little bit. It's got mm-hmm. a little bit of that going on. It's not bad at all. Yeah, it's got it's got uh, got that IPA tang. Mm-hmm, of course. For sure. And then and some fruitiness. I might join you on that later, but I think for right now, I'm going to drink this Wawa. Oh, man. See, I think I'm like... Oh, baby. I think I'm super dehydrated, too, because like now that mm. I'm thinking about it, I woke up this morning, and I made my kind of breakfast lunch before we went and started day drinking uh-huh. was, um, okay, bacon and egg fried rice, which is awesome. Yeah, yeah. I've, I've done this before. Yeah, yes. exactly. Delicious. Cooked some bacon in a pan, mm-hmm. cooked the fried rice and the bacon fat and stuff, yeah. put like a sunny side of egg on it. It was really good, but I also think I kind of over-soy sauced it a little bit, so it was like a sodium bomb. Oh, uh, okay. You got to go real conservative with that since you're already using bacon. Yeah, for sure. So it's like, I think I kind of over-salted that a little bit uh-huh. to begin with, and then we did all this drinking, and then I had uh, carnitas at a Mexican restaurant. Yeah, and carnitas are brine. Ooh, man. Normally the pork is brine, yeah, so yeah, I that's going to be salty. I think it just sucked the sodium Right the hell out of me. Suck yeah. the hydration out of me. Yeah, I mean. it'll do that. That's exactly what it'll do. Yeah, so you I need think some that potassium might be my problem. to counteract. Is that it? Mm-hmm. I need me a nanner. Mm-hmm. I might grab me a nanner later. I should have had that rather than that bowl of corn. Grab them by the nanners. Yeah, as they say. Man, I really hope we get a, a female Trump replacement in the yeah. next election. And I hope 
there's tape of her saying grab him by the nanners. Yeah. Or just grab him by the penis. Grab him by the penis. Just real grab him by like the that. cock. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's, That's a real take charge woman right that there. Is. I'm hey, I'm voting for her. I'm on board. Yeah. I'm on board. What have you been watching this week, Steve? A lot of YouTube videos. You've been tubing, huh? Uh-huh. What you seen on there? Listen, hey man, sometimes you watch YouTube videos, sometimes you watch a, a lot of uh, Good Mythical Morning. I know that I do all the fucking yeah. time. Kay got me the book for my birthday. Oh yeah. Yeah. Those guys are charming. I love them. Very funny. Yep. Mm-hmm. What have you I, been watching all this YouTube for? Uh, you know, I've been studying on it, thinking yeah. about it, and Ben, I think we should just start making YouTube videos. Maybe Dead and Lovely becomes multimedia giants. Maybe we do it soon. Maybe we've got Ted Turner on board. Wait, do we? Uh huh. You went out to the ranch. Yep, and the all buffalo. Of, out all there? of our videos are going to start at five oh five or seven thirty five. Goddamn right. Yeah, yeah. And we'll also after. show reruns of Family Matters. Yeah, exactly. Why don't YouTubers do that? I don't know. Well, the first YouTuber that buys the rights to show an old like eighties or nineties yeah. sitcom and start showing it. Is gonna be like a multi-billionaire. Let's do that. Yeah, let's just do that instead. Fuck yeah, it. we just talked ourselves out of the dead and lovely YouTube channel. You know what? Let's do the dead and lovely YouTube channel, and then also, we'll do that. Well, this is our like our passion project. Yeah. Now, getting the rights to the snorks. Yeah, exactly. And showing that. And, and then strangers. Ma- maybe we'll talk over it, and and we'll do like a mystery science theater. 3000 I don't think it's gonna snorks. make it better. I think it might. <laughs> Fuck me in the snort. Okay, it might be. It might be better. It might be. Better. <laughs> Everyone laughs. Yeah. Bubbles. Where would those come from? Did they fart? Yeah. Uh, okay. See, this has potential. Let's just do YouTube videos. <laughs> maybe we will. Maybe we're. Maybe me and old Steve here have been talking about starting ourselves up a, a YouTube channel to mm-hmm. go along with our precious podcast. Yeah. It's gonna feature some really fun stuff. We've been talking about a whole bunch of different ideas. We're kind of trying to get our format and stuff worked out, yeah. but. Probably within, uh, I would I would assume within a couple of months of this airing, we'll start having some yeah. content for you guys on there, which will be a lot of fun. More details as we get them. Mm-hmm. But go ahead and get hyped and go ahead and get your boners ready. My boners are ready. Yeah, totally. I keep it in a shoebox. Really? Yeah, you don't want your boner to be not ready. So uh, no, we're running off neither. Oh, yeah. You get it nice and bonerific. Yeah, yeah. You can just screw it off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And shoebox. Toss it in shoebox. It's a good idea. Pull it out when you need it. Yeah. Strong move. Mm-hmm. And you know when I've found you need it? Rarely. Am I right, guys? <laughs> oh, marriage. <laughs> <laughs> well, Steve, we're going to be talking about one whale of a movie today on our show. <laughs> you know that one of <laughs> one the... One shark of a movie. You know that one of what? the people that wanted to direct Jaws uh, didn't get the job because he kept referring to it as a whale? Because he really wanted to make a whale movie out of Jaws. Oh, is he homeschooled? Probably. Bless his heart. (laughs) We're going to be talking about Jers. Jers. From 1970. Jers. 1970 what? 1975. Five, I said, clearly, obviously. And, you know, this is kind of noteworthy as it was the first Uh blockbuster film. Summer blockbuster. Summer blockbuster. Yeah, Yeah. because there uh, there was, of course, uh, before this, The Exorcist. Very true. Was like the biggest opening weekend of all time yeah, yeah. for a whole like year and a half yeah. before Jaws came out. Yeah, yeah, and, and there was Jaws of course just... Gone with the Wind and yada yada other yeah. noteworthy films. Yeah, 
that were not good to watch. Mm-hmm. And uh, Gone but, with the Wind is boring. It's just it's a, a horribly boring, boring movie. movie. It is. Rhett is awesome, but man, a lot of that movie sucks. I don't know nothing about Birth of No Babies. It's a pretty racist movie. It's too. a very, very racist, racist movie. movie. Uh, but anyway, so. Jaws is kind of the first one to set the precedent for, hey, you know what you do during the summertime? You don't go on vacation. You no. don't go outside. No, sir. You get your ass inside of that movie house, watch a pellicula. They got you air conditioning. They got you a good time. Popcorn, sarsaparilla. Bring your damn kids in. Let them run around. Uh-huh. People yeah. won't mind. People won't mind at all. We got a train coming at you. Looks like it's going to just crash right through the screen. Oh, no. We're all going to die. <laughs> yeah. Maybe it was a little after that point. It was a little, a couple years later. So to celebrate as part of our, um, I think we should start calling this segment here where we do something that's related to the movie that we're uh-huh. reviewing. We should call this the, something about a trailer because it's like what comes before the movie. Okay. Um, trailer I, trash. No, I say the Satan does that. Oh, shit. Yeah. <laughs> but it's when they just play the audio from the trailer. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah, so. Trailer park. Trailer park. Okay. <laughs> okay. So as our, I don't know, maybe trailer park segment. <laughs> I'd like to spend a little bit of time here, Steve, and investigate some of our favorite summer blockbuster movies, Mm -hmm. because there's been a whole bunch of them within our lifetimes. I kind of feel like, especially through the the 80s and 90s, we had a relentless flow. Every year, there was a different summer blockbusting kind of flick to entertain us and give us jollies. Now, whenever I talk about a summer blockbuster, what's some of your favorites that come to mind, Steve Arino? Well, um... The first one that comes to mind is not one that I actually saw in the yeah. theaters because I, I I was a little too young, but it is one that always reminds me of summer because it came out on video the summer after, and that's Back to the Future. Oh, okay, yeah, I never saw that in theaters either. Well, yeah, that one. I mean, that was a huge one. Huge, huge. Uh, and then you know the sequels don't come out in the summer, so I couldn't name the sequels. I had to name Back to the Future, though, because that's the thing that immediately comes to mind for me, other than Jaws. That's a good call. And that's just a fucking great movie. It really is. Real good time. Still holds really up. Really fun. Still mm-hmm. holds up, man. Still a really, really good yeah. one. I think when I was making my list, the first one that I thought of, as far as summer blockbusters go, is my fucking Independence Day. Oh, yeah. Okay. I have one of these right now. Yes. He should have said. I'm grateful for this alien mechanism I am in currently. Yeah, I can't say I've got to get me one of these as I already have one. <laughs> <laughs> Terrible writing. Uh, it's got Jeff Goldblum in it as well. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. It does. It does, man. It's a movie that... Um, is great. Yeah. Uh, is perfect, maybe. Uh, has Will Smith in it. No, he does have Will Smith Confirmed. in it. For sure. Confirmed. Confirmed. It's a movie that I saw a ton back in the day and loved. Yeah, we saw as, it two or three times man. in the mm. theater, I think. Yeah. I haven't seen it in a long time, but... Still fun. I'm sure it's still fun, yeah. Have you ever seen the director's cut? No. Do not watch. I bet. Terrible. Do not watch. Beyond Demont. Oh, my God. Mm. Like, I, I feel like I might have mentioned this on one of the earlier episodes or something, but dude, like, in the director's cut, it's like 20, 30 minutes longer... That's a good And call. it's already a pretty long yeah, movie. Yeah, it's already a pretty long movie. And basically, it's 20 or 30 minutes of Randy Quaid, like, being an even bigger piece of shit in the movie. Oh, good. Like, he, like, fucking, like, steals his kid's medication so he can get fucked up. Wow. He's, like, a drunk all the time. And you don't like, steal your own kid's medication. You steal somebody, somebody else's, else's kid. Yeah, exactly. You just, like, set up a little thing in the neighborhood where, like, I'll sneak into your house and steal your kid's medication. Yeah. Or a box with a stick holding it up and a string. Yeah. You trap, you trap the kid in there. Trap a kid in there. Yeah. Take his medication. <laughs> Beat him up. Yeah. So the movie is just like long as shit, and it just makes Randy Quaid an even worse person, so that when he dies, you're like, I don't care. Fuck mm-hmm. you. It's like, you suck. 
yeah. die. That's There's, it's awful. But <laughs> I do maintain it's awful anyway. Like too many taglines. Too many taglines. Pick one, dude. I'm giving you a colonoscopy. <laughs> like he just kept going with them. I'm back. Uh-huh. I'm uh, back. So Come bad. On. But I still do enjoy that flick. Yeah, it's a fun. Sure, okay. What's next on yours? Um, well, I go back a little bit to 19 and 91. Okay, 1990 in. Terminator 2. Fuck yeah, that's Terminator on my list two. too, man. Damn it. And you want to talk about a movie that still holds up? Yes. Oh my still god. Still looks great. Still looks fucking mm-hmm. great, man. Because a lot of it is practical. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it, it follows the model of like, if yeah. you can do it real, do it uh-huh. real. Mm-hmm. Even some of the liquid scenes are yeah. liquid mercury yeah, stuff yeah. instead of doing a computer simulation. I'll add a PS about Jurassic Park to, put, to go back oh, to that yeah. for a second. There was a lot of like actual robotic dinosaurs in it. I, That's pretty fucking awesome. I was pleased awesome. about that. Robotic dinosaurs. And when they were CGI, which was most of the time, but some of the dinosaur CGI was actually really good. Was it? Yeah, it was actually pretty pretty awesome. But anyway, T2 is cool. still... If it's not if it's not in the top three action films of all time... Mm, it's I'll amazing. Eat, I'll eat my hat. Oh, shit. I'll and you were wearing a nice hat. It's a 10-gallon hat. Uh-huh. uh-huh. I'll eat all 10 gallons. And what's that on top? It's nacho cheese. Are uh-huh. you wearing a nacho hat? Yeah, I keep it prepared just in case I need to eat it. I'm going to make it a little more palatable. Well, I mean, now it's it means less that you say you'll eat your hat. Shh, don't worry about oh, it. Oh, okay. This is an audio format show. People, oh, sorry. Yeah. I mean, yeah, that hat looks gross. There's no cheese on it at all. Yuck. Yeah. Are those maggots? Ew. Mm-hmm. You should clean that hat. I love T2. That's a fucking yeah. solid choice, man. That T2 also landed on my list. How I, about that part where he cocks that shotgun by spinning it around? Yeah. How about oh the boy. part where Budnick's on a dirt bike and a Guns N' Roses song is playing? Yes. All these things are the best. It really is such a great movie. How about when T-1000 runs and his arms are really straight and runs really fast like this? James Cameron made a statement about Linda Hamilton yeah. in that movie being more of a badass female character than Wonder Woman. And hmm. um, he said the thing he said about it was that she was willing willing to be ugly hmm. in that movie. Okay, I don't totally agree with him. I think Wonder Woman is a, a terribly badass female character. Yeah, totally. Um, in but a Linda sense, Hamilton is they, she is badass in that sense that she doesn't try to be likable or. Yeah. Pretty in the movie. Well, I'll tell you what's badass about her that that in a sense is more badass than Wonder Woman. Wonder Woman has fucking powers. That's true. Linda Hamilton Hamilton does just some lady. Yeah, she's like I'm a I'm just a lady who's gonna get fucking (laughs) trimmed down as fuck and learn how to use guns and ammunition and be ready to kill some shit. Yeah, it's pretty badass actually. Like she she does do. I mean, I get what he was saying. I think he was taken down for not having as much tact about it maybe as we're having right now, but. What he was definitely saying was that she she shirks her motherly responsibility. She uh, she's not interested in putting on makeup or anything, and she is preparing for the coming apocalypse. She's a badass, but Wonder Woman is also a badass. Like you can't just there's no reason to compare yeah. the two. Yeah, I don't yeah. think like you don't you wouldn't do that with a guy. Right, like, right, you yeah, like, yeah. Iron Man isn't as badass as. Uh, uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger in Kindergarten Cop. <laughs> you wouldn't say that. You're you right. You wouldn't say that. <laughs> That's a good choice. What about what about an overly long mm-hmm. pirate movie? Oh, featuring some really dated CGI. Uh huh. 
and a bewitching pirate that all the kids love that also beats up women in real life. I'm talking about Pirates of the Caribbean. Yay! I can't help but love it. <laughs> yeah, no, I love that movie too. I do. Like it's so long. I like some of the sequels too. They're okay. The I guess the second one's good. The it's okay. One with the it got real Davey silly. Jones. Yeah, like like did. real like uh, fucking sci-fi-ish or something. It did. That's true. I mean, not that the first one wasn't. I mean, there was fucking zombie pirates and stuff in it. Yeah, zombie pirates are a bit different. Yeah, for sure. And it didn't show Johnny Depp abusing women, which it's is weird. not realistic. Yeah, because he does that they, that. they really should throw that in more. Yeah, yeah. Like I assume, uh, like in the next Harry Potter movie thing, he's just gonna be constantly slapping. Yeah. Someone. Yeah, yeah. I would think if they want to bring any realism to it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I do watch that first Pirates of the Caribbean about every summer. Do you? Okay. Yeah, I do. I haven't seen it in a while, but if it were on, I'd watch it. Yeah, it's one of those. It's hard to hate it, really. It's mm-hmm. kind of hard to hate it, you know? You t- you'll turn it on and be like, wow, this movie is still going. And you'll be like, wow, that CGI is not aging well at all. <laughs> but that swashbuckling soundtrack and the, the colorful visuals. Yeah. And all the songs. Would you yeah. like to build a snowman? That's my favorite song. Yeah, from Pirates of the Caribbean. Caribbean. Yeah. yeah, I just mm-hmm. can't help but love it. What you got next? Um, well, if I'm being honest, we gotta talk about motherfucking speed. Oh! Yeah! Yeah, dude! Speed. I love you. speed so much. I watched that mm-hmm. again just maybe six months ago. Yeah. Still fucking holds up. I think, um, I think Mad Max Fury Road is the best action movie ever made. Correct answer. Correct. I think speed is similar to Mad Max Fury Road, and without Speed, Mad Max Fury Road wouldn't exist. Hmm. And Speed is an awesome movie still. And it's got my homegirl Sandy B. It's got it. Sandy B. At the height of her powers. Uh huh. At the height of her powers. And Canoe before Canoe. we really knew he could be a good actor. Uh huh. And King Koopa himself. He does have King Koopa himself. Dennis Hopper. Mm hmm. It's a great flick. It's still really fun and like really suspenseful. Yeah, it's a fun one. Yeah, it is. That's a that's a great choice right there. I think I meant to put that on my list and totally forget about it. All right, what do you know about fucking Twister? <laughs> Humans be more Yon Demont. Wait, is that Yon Demont or is that Rennie Harlan? Uh, Shit, ooh, it's one of them. I think he's Rennie Harlan. Hmm. What do you know about it? How do you feel about a Twister? Uh... <laughs> It's not one I watched a whole lot, but yeah. whenever it was on, I was always just like, eh, whatever. I it didn't it didn't stick with me the same way. Because, like, Independence Day was out around then. Yeah. Men in Black, uh-huh. Speed, yeah. all the, like, that mid-90s area. Twister was just one that didn't stick with me much. I'll tell you what. I'm, I'm dying to go back and watch it again. Because that's one okay. of those ones that I watched, like, a million times as a kid. Because it was mm-hmm. always on, like, Stars or something. Mm-hmm. One of those free preview weekends or something. Yeah. So I watched it a lot when I was a kid, and I haven't seen it in probably 15 or 20 years or something. <laughs> um, but over the weekend, I really wanted to hear, No Way Down <laughs> by the Goo Goo Dolls, which I think is actually going down. Is it? Or something, or No Way Out. Like I, I know that the words are not what I think I also are. don't know the Twister soundtrack very well. Well, here's the Surprisingly. thing. Surprisingly. Like, because... My brother had the Twister soundtrack CD, uh-huh. and I remember listening to it a lot. In case that she used to listen to it a lot too, and I remember, man, it's got Van Halen on it. Oh yeah, doing Humans Being. Okay, it's got that that Goo Goo Dolls song from when they were still like a rock band. Uh huh. 
I remember it had like the Red Hot Chili Peppers on it. Uh-oh. They, they did that Three Pound Universe song or uh, Melancholy Mechanics. That's okay. what it's called. I remember thinking the soundtrack was so badass. So uh, Kate and I were driving somewhere and I was like, hey, put the Twister soundtrack on Spotify. Cause somebody compiled a playlist of it. Mm-hmm. And it starts playing and I'm like, yeah, humans being, this is fucking cool. Van Halen. And then like... 99% of the rest of it sucks. Like, the songs that I named <laughs> off are, like, literally the only good songs on yeah. it. And the rest of it is, like, fucking, like, Mazzy Star and um, it's Indigo Girls and just a bunch of crap. Just oh, a yeah? bunch of crap. <laughs> like, just a whole lot of I don't care about any of this. <laughs> and I was like, man, this is not as good as I remember. So maybe the movie would be the same experience if I went back to it. I bet it would be. I'm willing to think. Probably. Yeah. I'm probably just remembering the good parts. I think Philip Seymour Hoffman's in it, too. Is he? Pretty sure he's one of the bad guys. Oh, okay. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. There's a bad guy in a movie about a twisting... Yeah, yeah they're like the, the evil uh, the evil team that's trying to like capture data about the... It's really dumb when you say it. <laughs> There's an evil yeah. team trying yeah. to capture data about the tornado. About the tornado to help out humanity, I guess. But probably but to not help motive. out humanity. I They're guess. trying to figure out how to make a tornado. That would be much cooler. To create probably. Tornado Park. <laughs> so it's Welcome uh, to and they, Tornado they, Park. They drive like a black van, and they have all the money. Oh, they're uh, evil because they have money. Yeah, opposite a rag. That was pretty easy in the like late eighties, early nineties. Just give people money, and that made them evil. Yeah, like, yeah. He's rich, so bad guy. He ain't trickling down nothing on me, but shit. Uh huh. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so I will have to go back and rewatch that, see if it's a pile of shit. What yes, do you got next? For sure. Um, man, I was gonna name any number of comic book movies there's many to choose from there are and i even limited myself just to june july and august okay because because uh, i was like oh they all come out in may so yeah. what, what's the most summer perfect summer blockbuster comic book movie i narrowed it down to spider-man 2 the dark knight and guardians of the galaxy and i'll tell you what okay. i think guardians of the galaxy of those is, yeah is the summer blockbuster yeah because those other two have dark themes to them. They do. They do. Guardians of the Galaxy is just fun, man. And I love it And it, it was so out of nowhere. It yeah. was one of those where, like, my wife and I went and saw it at the Arclight in mm-hmm. Hollywood on the 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 Cinerama Dome. Oh. Huge, like... Sounds fancy. Yeah, real, real big, uh, you know, what do you call them? Curved. Oh, okay. Uh, like the IMAX rig. Yeah, like that. Um, We went and saw it, and... Man, it was just such a fun time. Yeah. So awesome. Such a summer thing for me. And that soundtrack, like, I don't know the last time that people actually like, loved a movie soundtrack. Exactly, yeah. Like, that, they loved that one. Yeah. It, it does remind you of these old summer blockbusters yeah. used to have the big soundtrack. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like the Men in Black soundtrack, uh-huh. the Twister soundtrack, and all that stuff. Yeah, it's very, very true. Like, I know tons of people that got into all that old stuff because mm. of that movie and its soundtrack. Yeah. I love Guardians. It came out of nowhere for me, and I, like... Kate was real stoked about it because she'd read the comics, but it's like, yes. I, I had never read the comics. Like, I didn't know who any of these characters oh, were. Oh, man, I read the Guardians comics as a young man, and yeah. it, what I loved about them was how weird they were. Yeah, I loved yeah. Silver Surfer and the Guardians comics because it was like... Space just, aliens. Yeah, just completely different shit than you're reading in the X-Men comics or Avengers because all those deal with stuff on Earth. Yeah. Uh, and I was so excited about it, and man... And also the fact that Karen Gillan was going to be in it, and Karen Gillan yeah. is 
uh, I guess the the greatest Doctor Who companion in my mind. Probably she and Rory. Yeah, perfect. Probably. And I was just uh, excited by everybody who was in it. Chris Pratt, etc. Mm-hmm. Boy, and it, it dude, lived up. Think about all the work that that guy has gotten because of that movie. Oh yeah, you saw one of his movies just today. Yeah, yeah I did. Or yesterday. Yeah. Or whenever you saw it. Oh, another quick PS that I meant to mention when I was talking about other movies earlier. Josh Brolin as Cable in Deadpool 2. Fucking awesome. He is. And Fucking he awesome. said in an interview he didn't think he did that well. He and, was perfect. And uh, while doing like touring and doing promos with, with uh, Ryan Reynolds, he felt like they got the the Deadpool cable patter down better and that he thinks he'll be able to do it better in awesome. the future. So. so that means he's willing to do the character again? Oh yeah, he's he's in X-Force. For right. sure. Uh-huh. Oh, I'm so stoked about that. The techno virus eating him up looks yeah. really sick. So good. Yeah, it was awesome. How about I just go off of that comic book theme right here and bring up a movie and I'm going to say it just like they said it in the original Super NES video game. Let's hear it. The Avengers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the Avengers came out late May, and that's—I mean—that's a summer. That that those middle May weeks, yeah, uh, they're the new intro to summer blockbusters. Right, like, right. I loved it. Avengers was yeah huge. A tie like Iron Man also came out in May, and Iron Man was just that. I remember going and seeing it and being like, not knowing what to expect, staying, seeing the you know. Sam Jackson yeah. thing at the end yeah, being yeah. like, oh shit. It's like getting real. Oh yeah. And then Avengers is like the culmination of that anticipation that starts mm-hmm. there. I mean, dude, we've had we've had summer blockbuster Marvel movies for like over ten years now. Yeah. It's insane. Like think about it like because, of course, you know, to us, it's like we've had them our whole adult lives. But I think about, man, like a kid who saw Iron Man 1 in theaters when he was 10. Uh-huh. Like he's going, he's like bringing a beer to the next yeah. Marvel movies. He's awesome. literally grown up with that stuff. That's fucking rad. Uh-huh. So I think that's a really cool thing. I love what they're doing. I do, too. Um, I hope they keep up the quality. Keep on I keeping just, on. I just can't see it going downhill because no. of the model they use of, of having Kevin Feige basically making... Yeah making everything come together and then hiring the best writers and directors to and give it a new spin. People. Yeah. And special effects people. Yeah, it's Phenomenal. great. What you got next? Um, well, most Harry Potter movies come out in November, but guess what? There's one that didn't, uh, and it was the one that came out right after I had read the books <gasps> for the first time, Harry Potter and the Order of the Phoenix. That's right. That did come out at a different time, mm-hmm. didn't it? It yeah, came out it during did. the summer. Mm-hmm. And boy, I was excited as hell to go see it. And it's, I still think, one of the best adaptations of a Harry Potter book. I'm unsure that I agree with you on yeah. that. I'm Actually, I'm quite sure that I disagree <laughs> with you on that. I'll put it that way. So I still like it, though. It. I still like it. Oh, oh wait, it's problems. four that you're not a big fan of. I like four pretty good. My wife hates it for Six. sure. Six. Six, I had some problems with. Six, five. I disliked a lot. Yeah, six is probably the most problematic mm-hmm. of all of them. But five had a bunch. I mean, dude, you take the biggest book and make it the shortest movie. Yeah, but so much of the bigness of that book was going into the depths of Harry's depression and shit. Yeah, and I yeah. don't know how you could really convey that. But Though also, the fifth book is my favorite book, which yeah. is maybe why I like the fifth movie. So it much. probably helps. Yeah. It probably helps. But it's like, I feel like it didn't really play up the whole importance of the prophecy and all that stuff yeah. like very well at all. Yeah. But I and don't we know. Did, do we even get to see Neville's parents in that one when they go to no. St. Mungo's? Yeah. I don't that think is so. A, that is a big element to the fifth book. Yeah. That lets you know that how badass Neville is. Yeah, totally. He's really, really good. But yeah, yeah it, was, it was fun seeing that one. 
in the theaters in the summertime. And actually, we saw it a second time on one of my favorite days ever, which I think I mentioned when we did Harry Potter 1 on our podcast. Yeah. Check out those back episodes, rate and review on iTunes. Hell yeah. Um, but we had this like Harry Potter day where we all got together and hung out all day and then, you know, sat in the in line to get the book and we also saw the fifth Harry Potter earlier that day and all this stuff. It was just like Harry Potter day. Yeah. And it was the best. So yeah, I, you know, again, I have problems with them, but I fucking love the Harry Potter movies. Yeah. Maybe we'll do another one sometime. Hey, maybe we do one next week. How about that? Okay. How about it? (laughs) Harry Potter 2. Harry Potter and the Chamber of Secrets. I got to put Men in Black on this list because I I love it. I have that on my list too because Men in Black, that first one, I mean, I, the sequels aren't terrible, but the no, first not. one was, it was so different yeah. than any of the other. fresh, man. It was yeah, really fresh. Any of the other summer blockbusters that had come out. If I'm not mistaken, the guy that created the Men in Black franchise is from Knoxville. Is he? If I'm not mistaken, Say somebody what? can correct me on that, but somebody told me that years ago, and I've believed them ever since. Did you know that the uh, showrunner and two of the head writers for X-Men the Animated Series went to the University of Tennessee? Man, so good, such a great show. Um, I saw that in the alumni magazine. Ooh, yeah, I didn't I'm know an that. alumnus. Look at you. Uh huh. Yeah, I love Men in Black. The, the pairing of Tommy Lee Jones and again Will Smith. Will Smith is in so many. Yeah, and Will Smith is great. I I wish he would do something more comedic. Yeah, I mean, I'm not. Uh, Saying he's bad in dramatic roles. He was really good in Pursuit of Happiness. Wild and Wild West. Wild Wild West. A great Very dramatic, dramatic role. <laughs> Very dramatic movie. Well, you, anybody out there, just search out uh, Kevin Smith talking about Wild Wild West. Yeah. He's got a lot to say about oh, it. Oh, it's fantastic, yeah. too. <laughs> I'll just try to list, rattle off a couple more here before we get into Jaws. What else you got? Anything good? Um, Let's see. Uh, I mean, Who Framed Roger Rabbit? That was one that I watched a lot as a kid. Was that kid. a summer one? Mm-hmm. I see. It's like, I don't remember. I don't remember watching that as a kid. I remember like the scene with fucking, what's his name? Judge Doom. Uh-huh. At the end when he's like melting and becoming yeah. a cartoon really freaked me out. Yeah. It, that, that movie was not necessarily for kids. I don't think so. Yeah. No, I don't really think so. I mean, so. Jessica Rabbit for sure. I don't think was meant for children. Yeah. Huge tract of land. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah that's one i need to go back and watch again it's been forever since i saw that um and yeah i just wrote down a bunch of other comic book movies and stuff like, yeah because like i think that the the comic book movie craze i, I know there are people that are tired of it but i hope I'm not no, i hope not many uh-uh. i hope people keep going so we get more and more because for me it's just like comic books yeah uh they can develop they can change you know they can do new stuff i mean if uh the, the great thing is if you lose, say, um, Robert Downey Jr. playing Tony Stark, then you can bring in you can bring in War Machine as Iron right. Man. Yeah, or yeah. like if you lose Chris Evans as, as Captain America, you can have Falcon step right. in as he does in the comic books. Yeah, like yeah. you have all these things set up so that you can keep the franchise going. Of all the characters. Yeah. I really hope that they don't announce that um, Ryan Johnson is going to start writing Marvel movies. I really hope that they don't, because then we'll see them all get canceled. Oh, man. Did you hear about the Star Wars thing? Yeah, but that wasn't Ryan Johnson's fault. That was everybody who didn't go see Solo's fault, which wasn't everybody's fault, because Solo, I don't think, was a good idea in the first place. Maybe not. It's, It's... 
you know, you, you have that thing where it's like, is it cooler just leaving the backstory yeah, it unknown? Is. It kind of is. Yeah, it's like the Mike Myers thing we talked about. It's yeah. cooler not knowing. Yeah, if you made a Boba Fett movie, like, who would want to see that? I Boba Fett's all... Well, I just see what you mean. Yeah, He's you kill the mystery. He's only cool because you don't yeah. know anything about him. Yeah, yeah. I liked Solo, though. I thought it was... I thought it was a no, very good yeah, watch, I've heard yeah. it's a great movie, and yeah. that's the thing is, if people had gone and seen it, they would yeah. have also thought it was a great movie, maybe. Well, but people didn't want to go see it. I don't think it. I mean, it came out on a week that's not been doing well in no, the past, uh-uh. say, five years. Yeah, they didn't swing confidently with that. Yeah, one. they didn't, didn't swing confidently. They with didn't. It. But uh, I mean, Darth Maul shows up. I hear that he does, which is a cameo for somebody. I Lieutenant guess. Lieutenant Darth, you got new legs. <laughs> 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 yeah it was good but it's like i know that it suffered because so i know tons of people that didn't go see it because they hated last jedi so much man i just i there's no defense to that because if you if you lasted through phantom menace oh i know right and clone wars and now you don't want to go see it because the last jedi god you can tell me all you want about the problems of the movie and i know the last jedi has its problems but it, it's because of the the girls isn't it mm-hmm. it's i mean because i've seen people just outright admit that yeah yeah that too like, many girls in the movie. ryan johnson you know fucked over men and stuff like that and Jesus. it's just like i i mean it's not a great movie but it's better than all three of the prequels for sure they're, they're really bad yeah they're real they're really, bad. really bad yeah yeah so, I don't know. Uh, on my list of other blockbusters, my wife was sure to write in, Cutthroat Island, fuck you, Steven. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, you don't man. like that one. No, I don't like Rennie Harlan in general. Oh, yeah, he did that one, too. Yeah, not That's a big right. fan That's right. of any of his movies. I like a Cutthroat Island okay, though. I'm on board. <laughs> I'm all right with it. Okay. Um, Shrek is a summer movie for me. Shrek, yeah. OG. Oh, man. Yeah. Holy shit. My wife was mentioning how Chris Farley was supposed to do the voice of Shrek. Really? And uh, we started talking about it, and she was like, that's like a 90s movie, right? And I was like, I think that came out in 2000. We looked up, it came out in 2000. So if Chris Farley was supposed to do the voice, like they were working on getting the the vocal tracks down Whoa. in the early 90s. That's how long it took to do the animation. So when did Chris die? 90... 90s, something like that. 8, 99, something like that. I don't remember. Really? Yeah. Jeez, that was in production for a long time. Yeah. Wow. Crazy. I love, I love the Shrek. Yeah. That's a fun watch. That's uh, that's a weird one that... It doesn't seem like it's for the kids for me. Yeah. Because they have a, a character called Lord Farquaad. They do. Which is fuckwad. Yeah. For sure. Obviously. Yeah. And there's the, like <laughs> penis jokes. Jokes oh, yeah. about him having a small penis and stuff. Erhwer. Her it's her. an enjoyable watch. Yeah. I've got a couple others on my list too that I don't really think of as like summer movies, probably because like of when I watched them and also the fact that I wasn't really around to see them in theaters. Yeah. Like uh, Ghostbusters was apparently a summer movie. Oh yeah, movie. Ghostbusters was. That came yeah. out in 84 though, so it's like I was just arriving into the world. Uh-huh. So I never saw that in theaters and I just think of it as a Halloween movie, of course. Same with the original Batman. The original Batman came out in the yeah. summer. Yeah. I didn't see it in theaters, Jesus. though. I don't think I ever what saw that in theaters. What a weird time to release that original Batman. Yeah, I know, right? Yeah. But it was... I mean, I, it, it made the money. Yeah. So, yeah, it, it worked. It was fucking huge. Yeah, I love a summer blockbuster. Just give me something light and fun. Yeah. Just basically give me the, the screen equivalent of jangling keys in front of me. Oh. oh shiny oh, and noisy. Whoa. Oh. <laughs> and I'm on board. Easy to please. Okay. So yeah, let's keep it going and get into 
a real OG summer blockbuster. I'm talking mm-hmm. about Jurors. Jurors. Let's talk about Jurors. Now, yeah. I assume this is not the first time you saw Jurors. No, I've been I've seen Jaws since I was a, a, a little young man. Okay. Several times throughout my life, sat down and watched Jaws. It also used to come on TV all the time in the summer. It did. Yeah, and that was so it was always on a TBS or a TNT. It's or one something of those like movies it. that. If it's on at any point and I just walk into the room, I'll watch the rest of it probably. Yeah. Cause so you're on you're on deck with this movie. Yeah, I like this movie. Yeah, this wasn't the first time that I watched this either. This is one of those ones that I think I could actually look back and say that this might be the first horror movie that I ever saw. Yeah. Was Jaws. Yeah, this is one I think that sneaks in there because it's also just a great movie and yeah. was such a widely seen movie. Yeah, like all of our parents fucking saw this. Yeah. It's like they might not have watched Nightmare on Elm Street, so I couldn't watch that. Right. But everybody in our parents' generation saw uh-huh. Jaws for sure. I was talking to my mother-in-law asking her because uh, she said she had gone and seen it in the theater and she yeah. said that... Uh, her uh, little cousin was sitting in her lap and peed on her. Oh, shit. At a certain point, because she got so scared. So Tight. Yeah. Yeah, man. This is what... And I also, too, think that the PG rating of this probably helped it sneak into my childhood horror watching habits, too. Yes. This is only a PG. Uh, I guess this was pre-PG-13, wasn't it? Yes, it was. It yeah. was pre-PG-13. And uh, I watched two documentaries about... Uh, Jaws. There's the making of Jaws, which came on the original Laserdisc. I was trying to watch some of that earlier, and it was it was a it's bunch a of dry. boring old white men talking. Yeah, about. it's a little dry. It's just all interviews, basically. Yeah. But then I watched the I think better, more updated version of it, which is the shark still works. Okay. Yeah, shark still works. It uses a lot more uh, video from the set and stuff. A lot, uh, you get to see a whole lot of the behind the scenes, especially the frustrations with the sharks not working, etc. Yeah, yeah, there's many production woes along the way with yeah, this. Yeah, for sure. But this, uh, this movie, man, I'll tell you what. Tell me about it. It, it was going to be a success from the beginning. Yeah. Like, it seems like they could have gone wrong so many times. But every time that it could have gone wrong, some smart person along the way made the right decision. Somebody they, with a long mustache that went straight across <laughs> the face. Yeah, the original producer for Long for Stash, he's known as. Um, Peter Benchley's novel was written up in, in a magazine. The original producer, I didn't write down his name, but uh, he, in the documentary, has a real weird long mustache <laughs> across his face. His wife just saw... Uh, the review for the book and at the end of the review it said could make a good movie and really? she was like you should make this into a movie and so they sat down and read it and they loved it and uh, then you know bought the rights to it and then they went through like a, a couple possible directors Yeah, those directors wouldn't have made this movie they ended up on Steven Spielberg they made that right choice same thing with uh, screenwriters they went through a bunch of different yeah, yeah. and they just wouldn't settle until they got what they thought was it was going to be when they first saw that vision in their head of hey, this being a good movie buy nice or buy twice exactly so it worked out this wasn't Steve Spielberg's first movie, was it? No, he had done uh, some shorts, and he also did a movie called Duel before this, which okay. was uh, one of his inspirations for Jaws. Okay. He, he wanted to make Duel, which is about a guy being chased by another guy in a truck, basically. Jeepers Creepers, got it. It's Yeah, the, the truck looks like the Jeepers Creepers oh, no truck. Shit. Yeah, Jeepers Creepers obviously was using that. But um, 
he wanted to basically replace the truck with the shark. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, give it more depth and, and really play up on what we'll be talking about here. Man versus nature, which is what this, this movie is. Yeah. And I think they knew going into it, too, that they needed... Um for this movie, which features so many strong female characters, they needed a director who could write a great, strong female lead, like yeah. Steve Spielberg Steve always Steve Spielberg, has. real good with female characters. Yeah. In, re- in some other universe. In some other universe, yeah. yeah. There's not a good female character in this at all. If you know one, please do you know, give us a heads up on the Facebook group. If you know a good, strong Steven Spielberg female, female character, character yeah. post it up. I'd like to know, because I can't think of any. No, there's not one in this this at all. The closest is that lady who is at the town hall meeting who's yeah, like... I don't think that's funny I at all. I don't think that's funny at all. She put her foot down. She put her foot down. She also was like, God, tell us, well, are we going to be... The beach is going to be open? Like, she was... Kind more, of a hard ass, yeah. More of a hard ass. But, like, again, all of her stuff just sort of happens in the background. She's yeah. not... She's not an important character. No, huh? Now, how do you think that he did as far as, like, direction-wise and shooting-wise oh, and stuff with this great. He yeah. did so much awesome stuff with this, especially considering, like, how little... Uh, like, okay, so we, we have to establish that the shark in this is a large mechanical shark. Yeah, a couple tw- different ones. 25 feet long, weighed uh, close to 10 tons with all of the... Holy shit. ...engineering mechanisms in there. Um, they shot it in the Atlantic Ocean. It's not in a pool. Right. In Burbank. I think that growing up, I thought that this was on a set or something. Yeah, it would obviously seem like you would do that. But no, they shot it 12 miles out. That had to be the definition of punishing. Yeah. They they thought it was going to last like a month and a half. It ended up going like 150-something days. Well, even in the in the commentary for Sleepaway Camp mm-hmm. that I was watching, the director comment, commentary on there, he said that those scenes at the very first of the movie that are on the boat mm-hmm. took 10 times longer to shoot than the rest of the movie. Yeah, because it's on the water. Yeah. He, it's he hard. Said, he said, never shoot anything on the water. No. He said, if you're shooting on water, it guaranteed will take at least five times yeah. as much time as it would on a set or on land. Or Peter Benchley said about uh, those people who originally bought the, the rights to the book, he's glad they didn't read it a second time or they would have realized how wow. big of a of production issue everything was going to be. And apparently, like, they were really, 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 which I'm glad that they were, very insistent on not having a scrap of land visible. Yeah, so they had to be 12 miles out. So no wow. visibility for land. And any time that like they'd see a ship like way out on the horizon, yeah, they had to cut. They had to fucking wait. That was it? Yeah, wait <laughs> for it to cross over the flat Earth. And the ship, the ships with the cameras on them, or the boats with the cameras on them, sometimes would start floating into frame as they uh-huh. were shooting. They'd have to do it again. Or if there's the a plane or helicopter, plane or, or helicopter goes by, they'd have to do it again. The the shark breaking down every other take. Ugh. Uh, yeah, it's frustrating as shit. It sounded like a grueling, ridiculous shoot, and it went way over budget, way over schedule. Yeah, but I mean, let's just think about that. The budget ended up being $9 million. That's it? Yeah. $9 million? In $75, that's, you know, it's a lot more. It's $10 million. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But it also ended up making $470 million. Good God. You go over budget. $470 million? Yeah. You go over budget and then you make $470 million and you're like, you know what? What do you think that is adjusted for inflation? That's like, gotta be near a billion fucking dollars. Yeah, for sure. 
Holy moly, that but, is crazy. But it esta- this movie established what would become the modern Hollywood business model of making like uh, you you make these high box office return swings. Yeah. Like you put a huge amount of money into this big action heavy movie that's going to come out in the summer. You're going to get butts in seats. And, and you take big swings. And this movie, you know, going over budget to the tune of $9 million, <laughs> in the end, like, people would, after, you know, it makes $470 million, people in other production companies are just like, okay, so? Like, yeah, you have to be crazy not You're going to go over budget. Oh, fine. We'll end up fine in the end. Yeah, yeah, definitely so. So, yeah, I, I think uh, Steven Spielberg, in the end, he... He was able to use those downtimes to get shots that he needed to uh, help us feel closer to the three guys on the boat. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He also, you know, they were able to come up with smart ideas like using the barrels to represent the shark. Right. Yeah. So we know that the shark's under the water. Yeah. That and was because we don't see it. It's actually scarier. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. That was originally not the plan. No. Like the, we the would barrels have seen, weren't even in the movie. Yeah. We would have seen the shark fin every single time that we see those barrels. Yeah. But it, it's funny because it made it so much more ominous because always, and this is one of those things that has always been true. And I don't know how they didn't think about this from the get go. There's nothing scarier than being in the ocean and not being able to see the bottom of it and not yeah. knowing what's under the fucking water. Yeah, so if you can see the shark constantly, it's, it's not scary. Yeah, well, it's, and it goes back to fucking, again, Alien Covenant, damn it. Uh-huh. <laughs> like, the original Alien, you never knew where it was. Yeah. Like, it could have been anywhere. Or even what it was for most oh of the Oh my god, yeah. Because you only saw gl- glimpses of it. Yeah, but then like in Covenant, Prometheus and stuff, they they have like fucking tracking radar on the yeah. alien. You always know where it is. It's ridiculous. Yeah, they even give you alien vision so you know what's happening. It's really dumb. Spielberg said, like on, on one of those documentaries, he says that he's glad that they didn't have the CGI they have yeah. now. Otherwise, oh God, yeah. he wouldn't have made a good shark movie. Right, yeah. Because you'd see the shark constantly. And that's very interesting when we talk about what we talked about with Deep Blue Sea. Yeah. How <laughs> Rennie Harlan wanted... He wanted to one-up Jaws by showing the, the sharks more. <laughs> you know what the problem with Jaws was? You, you didn't, didn't see the shark didn't all the time. didn't see the shark enough. Yeah. yeah. Said a dumb person. Yeah, said a very dumb person. So... Uh, yeah, he and all the technical issues ended up making it so that he had to, and we've talked about this before, technical issues on horror movies specifically almost always end up with some better yeah. version of yep. it. It's you have a, to come up with a simpler way to do it, yep. and the simpler it is, the better it looks. It's a creative limitation. Mm-hmm. And also, too, I mean, and this is just a general rule of horror, but it's like theater of the mind shit yeah not showing us what happened yes. is usually scarier than showing us they actually the the first time you see the shark like in no it's like an it hour like. into it's the an movie. hour into the movie and it's still blurry because it's when that guy's like hanging onto his boat and you just see yeah. like a little bit of the shark and then the guy gets pulled down yeah and it's perfect uh-huh because it, it's like jesus like you don't even know what it fully looks like no you don't know how big that thing is yeah or anything and yeah. so for a movie where a shark is eventually going to jump up onto and break in half a boat yeah <laughs> that that's the way you do it you don't see the shark you build up to the point where that's gonna be frightening as fuck yeah instead of constantly seeing the shark and then it's like oh well the shark's just in a different place now yeah exactly yeah. exactly yeah the 
the problems that they had with the mechanical sharks constantly breaking were actually the best thing that ever mm-hmm. happened to this movie. Yeah. And I'm sure that Spielberg was probably like real sore about it while it was happening. Like, this is a oh, disaster. Well, and stuff. It, the crew was too. That's yeah. uh, the part where they sing uh, the I'm tired and I want to yeah, go to yeah. bed. That apparently the crew. They sang that all the time. Like, oh shit! Like they all felt like I just want to go home. Yeah, fuck and so this. that's a part. Then you also hear when those two guys are on the pier where they use the roast to try to catch yeah, the yeah. shark. One of them is humming that. Like it oh, was no just kidding. widespread on the crew. Everybody was just like, I just want to go home. Wow. They would get drunk and sing that, etc. A lot of times that misery that goes into a flick. Especially really? a horror movie yeah. where you got characters that are really being tortured on screen. Like it makes for good performances. Some real life punishment, dude. Yeah. I mean, look at look at The Exorcist. Look mm-hmm. at Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Mm-hmm. So many examples of like when conditions are troubling. Yeah, a lot of times it can really leak into the performances mm-hmm. in such a beneficial way. I mean, it's got to suck to yeah. be doing. I would hate to fucking film this twelve miles out on the ocean all the Ugh. time for like months. Yeah, they had to do it Ugh. in Martha's Vineyard because that's the only place they could go 12 miles out and still be just 30 feet above the the seafloor. Really? Yeah. So those like weren't deep waters. Yeah, they were only 30 feet deep. So. Huh. That shark, that. which is described as 25 feet and three tons, like if it if it were like diving down, would hit its nose like <laughs> almost immediately. His tail would be sticking up. Yeah. Like, whoa. That's funny. Yeah, because yeah. it was 25 Ow, feet my long. my <laughs> Yeah, he would have said that He would have sure. said that. That's funny. I hadn't thought about that. <laughs> really kind of kills it a little bit. It does a little. That's, That's why, awesome. Like, there are several reasons why um, they ended up, like, so the, the scuba diving scene. Scuba diving. Yeah, the scuba diving. Not not the first one where he finds... Uh, been yeah yeah gardener uh, gardener uh but the one where it's like the shark tank scene yeah it's yeah. A, like you know this is the last possible chance they might have against yeah. the shark um they actually did shoot footage of, of real sharks yeah w- with somebody in a shark cage but because you know real sharks aren't aver- that fucking big your yeah. average uh, great white male is about 13 to 17 feet okay um so they they shot with a a little person. Oh yeah, uh, a guy who used to be a jockey. So he's just he was about a small guy, about four two or so. So not like a Peter Dinklage, but just like yeah. a really short dude. Yeah, and uh, they made a smaller shark cage. Oh really? But they ran into this this entire sequence of events was just the biggest clusterfuck that actually ended up creating some real cool stuff for the movie. Damn. Um, one, they gave him smaller sized, uh, air tanks. Right. So that he full looked, size them would look weird. Yeah. yeah the full size them would look weird. But guess what? Just cause somebody's short doesn't mean they need less oxygen. <laughs> so you said, this tiny tank's getting bad to yeah, me. Yeah. So they got some shots of him in the, in the tank with like a shark nearby, but then they had to bring it up and he got out. And as it was just sort of floating in the ocean, the, the cage, a shark jumped in and landed partial way into the cage. What? And so the shots you see where the shark is like struggling with the cage, yeah. like near the boat, that's a real shark. No way. Really like caught in the cage. And a real little dude with a real big scared. Yes. Oh my God. I didn't know that. Because <laughs> um, so, it looks amazing. And so because they wanted to use that shot and the, he 
the diver wasn't in the cage at that time. That's why they have Hooper survive. That's no why they have kidding. him escape and then go down to the bottom of the ocean so they could still use that shot of the, the cage being wrecked. I didn't know that. So he was originally yeah. supposed, He's to, supposed to die. He's supposed to die. Yeah, in the book he dies. The only one who survives is, is Chief. So... Wow, uh, yeah, Kate told me, uh, Kate just read the book, uh-huh. uh, which I'll talk about in a minute, too. And yeah, she said that in the book that he died. I didn't know that they were planning on having him die in the movie, too. Yeah, yeah but wow. I mean, again, uh, issues with shooting created a much better version, because I think yeah. it is better that Hooper yeah, survives so in the too. end. Wow, that is really, really cool. Yep. I did not know about that. That's pretty rad. Yeah, there's some pretty cool deaths and stuff in this movie. It yes. is it is not a you know a, a gore fest like a um, Friday Thirteenth or something like that. No, but there are some cool kills in here, man. The, the opening. Oh man, for instance, yeah, well acted by a stunt woman. I'm pretty sure that she's the mother of the girl in the in the boat wreck scene at the first sleepaway camp. <laughs> she is. Oh my god! Somebody Something. I'm pretty um, sure that's her mom. I'm pretty sure the part where she says it hurts, it hurts. That was for real. Yeah, I read in the, the trivia. The harness was actually hurting her yeah, a lot. Yeah, yeah, they were really yanking her around, and it was but, not getting good to her. Yeah, but a lot of that's just acting. She's she, good. She's real good, yeah. and she was a stunt woman. She had never really acted before in wow. front of the camera, and uh, Steven Spielberg didn't know if she could do it. Hmm. She did it really well. That's pretty rad. That's pretty cool. Yeah, her death is, is awesome. And again, it's it's totally bloodless. Yeah, you, it's, it's in terrifying. the dark. Yeah. You yeah. hardly see anything. But her getting just like pulled through the water and uh-huh. stuff. You know how awesome. much force that takes. So it's yeah. scary as shit. Yeah, yeah, definitely so. Yeah, and again, it just goes to show you, like, it didn't show the shark, like, chewing up her legs or biting no. her in half. And it's like, it's actually scarier because uh-huh. if you were watching that happen from the shore, that's what it would look like. You'd just see somebody getting yanked around and getting pulled under yeah. and screaming bloody murder, and that's it. Yeah. When we see the Kittner boy die, now we do see a lot of blood there. I love that. It's like but, a geyser. It's yeah, awesome. but you don't see the shark. That Kittner no. boy must be Johnny Depp's character from Nightmare on Elm Street's brother. Full of blood. Full of blood. Just the nothing most but, blood. Nothing but blood in those after, boys. After his younger brother was attacked by a shark, they moved to Elm Street. Probably. Yeah, trying to get away. Starting new life. Away. Yeah. Get all their blood-filled kids somewhere safer. <laughs> you know? That did not work out. Uh, but again, that that is... It's a quick geyser of blood yeah. and then cuts Panic away. Panic ensues. And we don't see the shark. Yeah. We see the shark briefly at the next kill... Mm-hmm. But we don't. We just see the shark, like the mouth open, come up, and the guy get pulled down. Yeah. And then you just see a severed leg fall to the bottom of the water. Like again, which is like, cool. I like that. Each leg. time they sort of up the gore a little, mm-hmm. but it never gets huge until Quint. Yeah. That's the gore scene. Which his his death is so fucking awesome. It really his is. His death is awesome. And I love, I love how, and we'll talk about the soundtrack and stuff here too. But I love how during that last, really the whole last like twenty minutes of the movie or so, where all the shit goes down, it's basically no soundtrack. And Quint's death, you know, they're out there on the boat. The shark just like rams into the boat and starts sinking it and stuff. Yeah. And everybody's freaking out, but it's it's like oddly quiet. Yeah. There's not soundtrack raging. There's not sounds of explosions and mm-hmm. screaming. John and, Williams really like made the movie with his use of of sound of two notes of two. But, uh, <laughs> that's it. Yeah. The power of the minor second, ladies and gentlemen. But yeah, like when he takes the sound out, 
Like they they it's really better, yeah. let him do what he wanted with the sound. Yeah. They actually showed the film without John Williams' score, and people didn't really respond to it. Mm. Like they weren't really scared by it. So his his sound or lack lack of sound yeah. really does put you right into that dread moment. Yeah, it it does. And I'll I'll I've got some other opinions about the soundtrack that okay. I get to as well. But I, I definitely do think that the lack of soundtrack in that last scene makes mm. it so much cooler. And also too, it's like we get Quint, who we've seen be so hard ass and be so yeah. cool and collected and stuff. And then when he's in the shit and he's coming unglued, he's screaming, he's got blood on his he's teeth, just stabbing, stabbing the at that shark, thing. Yeah. And it just, man, that shark just does not give a fuck. It's chowing down on him. Really just visceral. Mm-hmm. Very, I mean, that's the only way I can think to describe it. It's very yeah. like primal and visceral scene. Well, yeah, I mean, he. Okay, so I wanted to talk about the psychoanalytic. Okay, hit uh, me with this. Uh, Elements in this. Are we gonna get Freudian on the show? We're shark? gonna get Freudian. We're not gonna get Lacanian. We're okay. not gonna get. We're not gonna get deep into psychoanalysis. Not just some pretty go Jungian on you here. No, we're just base level. Uh, the id, superego, and the ego. So this is more Doctor Phil level. This is some Doctor Phil. <laughs> I want you to live your life as a lesbian woman. Shark, you need to get a job. <laughs> get out of the house. <laughs> <laughs> Dr. Phil. Dr. Phil. Son of a bitch. Um, anyway, so uh, our three characters yeah. are representations you're of talking the, about... the id, the ego, and the superego. Okay, so you're talking about Quint, Quint's the Brody, mm-hmm. and Hooper. Yes. Okay. Brody. That that Brody, he's the superego. Explain these things the... to me. I was homeschooled. Okay. Well, we go over these at regular public school a lot. I was also raised a Baptist. Yeah. Okay. So, so your id, uh, the id, that is you. That's animalistic you. It's that, Uncle Ben. That's what you want. I want to shred. And you fucking shred. Yeah, yeah. That's the id. Okay. All right. That superego is, is the, it's the lens of society through which we try to... You know, make our id more acceptable. Okay. All right. All right. That, it doesn't get, stop me from shredding, but okay. No. And it does our, keep it does keep a shirt on me. Our our ego is just that uh is is the the us we present to the world. Okay. All right. So what happens if they're all the same? Uh, is that bad? It might not be. Okay. <laughs> I'm no psychoanalyst. I don't know. I think like Trump might fit that profile where it's just like yeah, oh, he all through you, his should, his you should bury all of that. Yeah. <laughs> so Quentin, he's the id. Okay. He, he's right. that animalistic, and he he's as much like the shark, yeah, as, yeah. as any human being can be. Okay, I like it. Um, and then we got we got our chief Brody, who he mm. is law and order. Yeah. He is society. Yeah. Okay. All yeah. Right. And then we got our ego, the guy who represents the the quint through the perfect societal lens, and that's Hooper. He's Mr. He, Holland. Yeah, Mr. Holland and his opus. Yeah. Uh huh. <laughs> Okay. Sign lang- I just sign language asshole, uh, Ben. In case. <laughs> I was hoping that's what you were going yeah. for. Tight. Um, so anyway, what we get out of that is this constant interaction yeah. between them. And, and the id hates the ego. Because, okay, yeah, all right. Because the ego is, is getting the fulfillment that it wants, but not the full animalistic pleasure that the id desires. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and so they sort of come into conflict. Though interestingly enough, when they start drinking, they, they kind of become good. one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. 
So that we get, I like this. This is cool. Yeah, we get this playing out and, throughout. And Brody is kind of the moderator as yeah, the he's the moderator, ego. and yeah. he, he's just kind of mild mannered and meek. And despite the fact that he's a, co- a New York City cop who should be this big brave man, the second you get him out on the turbulent waters, yeah, yeah, he he just doesn't know what to do. Interesting. So and uh, so once he's trapped at sea with these greater forces of the uh-huh. ego and the id, mm-hmm. he's just sort of in the corner. Yeah, especially really the cool scar scene. Yeah, he's got. He's like, I had scars. an appendectomy. I yeah. guess. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's also where we find out that Quint was on the USS Indianapolis. That he was. Which is something, even in 1975, people wouldn't have known much about because it wasn't declassified until the late 60s. Oh. Yeah. That was... I didn't uh, think about that. Yeah. Whoa, that's pretty cool. Real interesting. That would be a story that people would have been hearing and being like, holy shit, really? I didn't know about that. Huh. That's pretty cool. Yeah, Yeah. it's it's cool that you mentioned that about those three characters. I I hadn't thought about it from... Mm. The psychological angle, like I was thinking of it as a real game of rock, paper, scissors, uh-huh. you know, where it's like any one of them could negate the other yeah, in certain true. combinations and they so do on. Work, they do work that way. But it, it makes more sense when you look at it through the lens that you're yeah. talking about. It reminds me, like the interaction of their characters and their motivations and so on, like it reminds me of kind of like a not funny version of Big Lebowski. Okay. You know, yeah. where like with Big uh-huh. Lebowski what makes that movie so fun is it's all these different isms interacting with each other in this story. Like the dude is totally just neutral. Uh Donnie is a pacifist. Yeah. Uh, uh, Dan, Dan Connor, Dan Connor, his character name in big. (laughs) Yeah. Mm -hmm. Is a raging activist. Uh And of course there's also the nihilists and there's so many ists in that movie and seeing them interact again in a big game of rock, paper, scissors. Yeah. Is what's so fun, and that's what's so great about seeing these characters interact too. Like, there's so many movies um, that I can think of, even recently, where it's like all the characters are just fucking interchangeable. Yeah, you know, where it's like even think about, um, damn, what's that DiCaprio movie that everybody's fucking nuts about? Chris Nolan, You're in Dreams, Inception. Oh, Inception. Like, that is the opposite of this movie. Like, yes. all of those characters are just flat as fuck. Uh huh. And it's an over, overly complicated narrative, whereas this is a very simple narrative. Yeah, yeah. Man versus nature. We got to stop this shark from eating people. Yeah, yeah. Band together and see how it works out. But that's what's cool about it is the interaction between those three characters and how they're not just carbon copies of each other, no. but they're also not ridiculous stereotypes of like no. I'm the bookish nerd Hooper yeah because yeah, that's that's uh, something that because like uh, Quint obviously is he's kind to Chief Brody yeah he's like understanding you don't get all this boat stuff fine I'll, yeah I'll tell you and then he's like has this conflict with Hooper because he thinks of Hooper as not capable right like he just got where he is by his money or whatever and then right. they keep coming in conflict, but each time they come in conflict, it's like Quint gains respect for Hooper because he realizes like, oh, he's not he's not some pussy. Like he'll jump in to a shark cage when there's a twenty five foot great white out there. Yeah, yeah. Like he gains a respect for it. Right, right. And Hooper becomes un- more understanding of Quint. So yeah, yeah, yeah. And you know, it's like to me how I was looking at it rather than the the id and ego and all that stuff is I was uh-huh. just kind of looking at it as. Um, you know, Quint represents street smarts. Uh huh. Hooper represents book smarts. Right. You know, not a lot of on the job experience, mm-hmm. but he's read about it. He's a schooled man. That's true. And then uh, Brody is somewhere kind of in the middle of that. Yeah. 
He's a streetwise cop. Yeah. Who keeps turning to books for his information about sharks, which right. is real cool. Like I, yeah. I love that element of this. Yeah, movie. I love that they're showing like the shark bites and yeah. stuff like that. That's uh-huh. a cool. That's a cool little bit of of narrative that they give us there too. Yeah, I like that a lot. That's a cool way to look at it. And you could also look at it too as just like, yeah, it's all these different forces mm-hmm. um, that may even be represented by one person as they are trying to conquer death, which is the ever present force in yeah. nature. Yeah, and and <laughs> the the shark is the representation of death. I yeah, mean, that's yeah, yeah. what it is. It's a death machine. It's yeah. an eating machine, they say. Definitely. Um I like that. That's a great way to kind of to look at this flick. I enjoy that very very much. So this movie also uh, when we're talking about uh the way that the shark represents death and yeah. how it is this it's a monster. Mm-hmm. Um, you just have to talk about the dimensions of the shark again. Twenty-five feet, they say, which would, if verified, if you were to catch a twenty-five foot great white, would be the largest great white ever verified. My my my. Though I'm by, once bitten by about twice shy. Twice shy. <laughs> by about three feet, it would be. So that, wow. So most, damn, there are some big sharks out there. There are some big sharks Woo. out there, but this this one would be bigger by about three feet, and. Uh, Three tons is about right for the the measurements. If it were twenty five feet, three tons. I I figured this out, Ben. You you drive your, yourself a Toyota. I do. I drive myself a Toyota. Uh huh. I'll tell you what. I looked up the weights and lengths. You take off our bumpers, smash our cars just as close as possible ass together. Ass to ass. Ass to ass. <laughs> that the weight of those two cars and the length of those two cars. That's Jaws. Jesus. So when Jaws runs into the shark cage. Yeah. Like that's like two cars hitting a shark cage. Okay. See, that's the thing is like, I was watching that where he was like bending those steel bars of that shark cage. And I was like, would he really? Yes, he would. Yeah, he really would. He really he would. really, really would. It is frightening. I don't know wow. if you've ever seen like, cause sharks have, you know, bent bars on shark cages yeah, yeah. and stuff. But like. P.S. Things you could never get me to do for 500. No. Never, Jesus ever God in a million years. Why? Why? I would never do that. No. Ever. No. Ugh. People are crazy. White people crazy. Going I'd rather fist diving. fight a tiger, I yeah. think. Yeah, I think so. I think I'd rather fist fight a tiger than get in a cage near a great white shark. Yeah, because it's like, you know, I don't like being underwater. No. The fear of drowning is very great in uh-huh. me. I hate giant animals. Yeah. Huge creatures fan. terrify me. Huge creatures of any kind. Mm-hmm. I also don't like being bitten and eaten up. You know what? I not don't either. Not a fan. This, I mean, it's rare to run into a fellow not like to be bitten up and eaten yeah. type of person. But yeah, I, I also don't like that. I've never died, but I don't think I'd like it. I feel like I wouldn't. I've had to hold my breath for too long before, and yeah. I didn't like that at all. Yeah. And all dying is basically... You stop breathing. I mean, Nikki Six makes it look pretty good. Man, he does, doesn't he? Yeah. Whew. He's done a couple two tree times. <laughs> couple two tree. Couple two tree. I want to talk about this soundtrack a little bit. Is that right? Yeah, yes. Let's hear. I want to hear what what's what's up with the. All right. So, again, it's been a long time since I watched this movie. This is probably the first uh-huh. time I watched this in forty-five damn, years. Probably ten. Forty-five years. Wow. Yeah. 
So you, since you're mid thirties, <laughs> correct? Wow, I'm an old man. <laughs> um, I think that it's probably been about ten years since I watched it. Realistically, probably about ten okay. years, which is weird because Kate watches this like every year because it's one of her favorite movies. Yeah, it's a great one. Uh, but I've only seen it just a few times. I've mm-hmm. watched it twice for this podcast. And of course, you know, you can't talk about Jaws and not talk about John Williams' amazing soundtrack. John Williams has made the soundtrack to so many movies. Yeah. John Williams is the sound of movies. He really is. I don't know who's going to make the sound for the movies when he's dead. They'll stop. John Williams Jr. Tight. I like yeah, that. but it'll be it'll be like Hank Williams Jr. in comparison to Hank Williams, Ugh. where you're like, oh, not really? Not as good. Hmm. Not as good. You listen to your father's music, and you think what you're doing is just on par with that, huh? I mean, maybe he's going to be like Ken Griffey Jr., who, as oh, far as shit, I know... Oh, he'll of, eclipse his father. I, you ever heard of Ken Griffey Sr.? I have. Okay. Yes. <laughs> but he wasn't as good as Ken Griffey Jr. Did just walk into not knowing shit about sports? Yes. Tight. <laughs> <laughs> That's a unintentional funny. It is. <laughs> or Martin Luther King Sr. Imagine yeah. what that dude was like, you know? Yeah. <laughs> All right. Let's go with that one. There we go. So, you know, again, his score, the da 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 You have to hear two notes of that, and you know automatically what it is. And yeah. it's, so, it's so ominous, and it's so simple, mm-hmm. and it builds so well. And it also, you know... At, as I'm teaching my students uh-huh. the sound of certain intervals, intervals being the distances between notes and stuff, gotcha. it's imperative to learn the sound of different intervals if you really want to understand music. Uh-huh. And that interval between those two notes, as I mentioned, is a minor second. And it's like whenever I'm trying to teach people the sounds of these intervals, it's like you got to give them something that it will remind them of. Okay. So like the sound of a fourth, mm-hmm. okay? That's the sound of like the first two notes in the Mexican hat dance. Bum, 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 bum. That distance you're seeing, that's a fourth. And so, like, anytime I'm trying to teach people what a minor second is, it's like, oh, it's like Jaws. Okay. And I'll show them, they're like, oh, yeah. And it's like, even fucking six year olds, eight year olds know it. And I doubt they've ever even seen the movie. Yeah. But that theme is so entrenched in pop culture oh, yeah. that you it's can't not, not know it. It's, yeah. it's phenomenal. It's one of the there's greatest so movie much, themes of all so time. There's so much of this that's entrenched in pop culture. Oh, absolutely. I mean, so. Of course. You're going to need a bigger boat has been bastardized to we're going to need a bigger boat. Sure, sure. That's one of the Mandela effect. Things. Yeah. Yeah. Everybody remembers it as that. And he says, you're going to need a bigger boat twice. So. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> P.S. I'll come back to what I was talking about about soundtrack in a second. Yeah. I have a Mandela effect thing of my own. Oh, no. What I'm sorry. It? I'm saying it wrong. Mandela effect. Mandela effect. Yeah. I have had not just one, but probably at least 10 different people. Be like, hey man, I can't find those videos that you had on YouTube a long time ago of you swirling guitars. Tons of people have memories of me having videos on YouTube of me swirling guitars, like doing the swirl painting stuff. Tons. I I would have sworn that you did. I never have, ever. I have never, ever put any swirl videos on YouTube. I've had an Instagram video or two of me dipping like a Christmas ornament. Yeah. But people specifically remember videos of me doing guitar swirls on YouTube. That never Hmm. existed, never happened. That's weird. Isn't that fucking weird? Yeah. Yeah. So, anyway. So, yeah. But, uh, uh, music, yes. So, again, we can gush on and on about the main theme. Right. But I'm also going to tell you, there's some really crappy music in this, Is too. Is there? Okay. There's a lot of just really misplaced, <laughs> high seas, fun, like Swiss Family Robinson sound yeah. of fucking music in this. And yeah. it's in, like way the wrong times like okay specifically the scene where they're on the boat 
Jaws just showed up. I even think it played like the main theme and stuff there. And this is where they're trying to stick him with the first barrel. Uh huh. And they nail the shot, and you see the barrels like swimming off, and they're chasing after it with the boat. And the music is like, bum 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 yeah. bum 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 bum. John, it, it John sounds Williams. like fucking Swiss Family Robinson, and it really kills any drama or tension that's going on. You're right, it does. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. It he, sounds like he happy really and did stuff. Go like, it's like swashbuckling. Yeah, oh, yeah. It sounds like, like something that would be like during the Pirates of the Caribbean ride or something. Or it sounds more like something from Indiana Jones, actually. Yeah, because yeah, Indiana Jones never gets into real danger in the, right. the, mo- the yeah. movies. Like, he is in danger, but that's not the point. Yeah. So we're always supposed to feel light. But here, you're supposed to feel the danger, so yeah. It completely dissolves it. Yeah. It, it, it makes you feel like, and the heroes are on top, and it's all going fine. It's like, <laughs> god damn, it's like, that really just killed I it for me, that man. Song, that's a good one, right? <laughs> Yeah, so I, I will say that you know it's easy to it's easy to have like golden age memories of this right. soundtrack and be like it's one of the greatest and it's true. Mm-hmm. I mean, the, the Jaws theme is motherfucking iconic. That is yeah. one of the most important pieces of film music in history. Yeah. It is, but don't forget, there's also some crappy music in this movie. I'm just saying. Yeah, this movie also introduced. Uh, I think I'm not sure if Steven Spielberg created this, but I feel like. This was the real introduction, but the, um, when Brody is on the shore mm-hmm. and they, people start yelling shark. Yeah. Uh, or no, the, it's, it's when Alex Kittner gets taken mm-hmm. and, and you get the, uh, uh, Spielberg zooms in while having oh, the camera the jaws pulled shot. out. The, yeah. the Jaws shot. You see that so much. Yeah. And I it mean, gives you this weird, like the background is receding, but you're but, going towards and it. And it thing. also gives you that exact feeling of, oh shit. Yeah, like, totally. You get the, like, that well, immediate, you like, like, oh like, shit. Like the tunnel vision, like when some shit's uh-huh. going down and you suddenly become super focused. Yeah. It's like he found a great visual way to, to represent yeah. that. Yeah, you're right. Very, very influential shot. Yeah. That's been copied in zillions of other movies. I also love, too, leading up to that shot where he's just sitting out on the beach and he's watching the water. Uh-huh. All the people that walk in front of him and how like they kind of use the the people walking in front as like the scene changes. It'll be like him. Oh, yeah, yeah. Somebody walks in front. Now it's the ocean. Yeah. Somebody walks in front. Now it's him. Yeah. It's really cool how they do that. It's like screen wipes. Yeah. You know what I mean? He, I really like that. It's like he's seeing through all the people in the busy scene on the beach. I really enjoyed that. So Spielberg was like 26 or 27 when they. God, What? So fucking show off, asshole. Twenty <laughs> six. Yeah. Damn. Like, what was I doing when I was twenty six? Not that. I don't even think I had a band when I was twenty six. I think that was in one of my downtimes. Shit. Yeah, I know. What a jerk. <laughs> Making it hard on the rest of us. Yeah, huh? giving us a lot to fucking live up to. Yeah. That. But man, he like he just knows film. He always has shown that. Yeah. Even this this early in his career, he knows what he's doing. And there's great things about this movie and the way that's put together too, like some really killer foreshadowing kind of stuff. Uh-huh. And some of it's like a little obvious, like when they get on the boat and the oxygen tanks roll over and yeah. uh, Hooper's like, these things could explode. Yeah. That might be important later. Yeah. That, and that's not true. Mythbusters proved that that's not oh. really something to be worried about. You couldn't blow up a shark with it for sure. Really? Yeah. But, uh, um, Spielberg didn't want that to be, uh, realistic 
He okay. wanted it to be a big finale. He wanted it to be it a was. payoff. Yeah. Yeah, and it is. It's a payoff. You feel better. Because, like, wh- how could they have killed it where you would have still felt comfortable when they were swimming away? Right, yeah, yeah. The only way for you to feel comfortable at the end is if you see it blown into bits. I love... Otherwise, you'd be like, fuck, they're going to get eaten. Yeah, yeah, how do you know? Yeah. yeah. I love, too, that, like, as it's going down... Like, you know, it shows it blew up from the surface of the water. Uh-huh. Then you get the underwater shot of it. It's yeah. just the, the big blood cloud and stuff. Uh-huh. And I'm sure, I, I hope to think it was just an accident, but I love that you've got its corpse just tanking, you know, going uh-huh. down in the water. And then the last thing you see is that fucking fin in uh-huh. that red cloud. That's so tight. It's really good. That's so tight. Uh-huh. I really like that because that fin has just been the representation of fucking terror the whole movie. Yeah. So cool how that shot ended up working out. Man, this movie is really well done. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. I just like wa- like watching it, because uh, knowing how many scripts they went through, mm-hmm. knowing how many different people, like in the end, it's attributed to Peter Benchley and Carl Gottlieb. Peter Benchley did several rewrites early on, yeah. and Steven Spielberg wasn't happy with them. They brought in a couple of other people to try. Steven Spielberg rewrote a bunch of stuff. Wow. Carl Gottlieb came in and basically... It's like uh, a Beyonce song happening in there. Yes, it is. <laughs> like, And then also, so much of the stuff on the movie that you see, so much of the famous stuff, is, is ad-libbed. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Apparently, there's quite a lot of improv going yeah. on. Even you're gonna need a bigger. You're boat. You're gonna need a bigger boat. That's improv. That's fantastic. Jesus. Um. Want to get drunk and fool around? Improv. Really? That's a great line too. Yeah. That's awesome. Because yeah. <laughs> that, that's seriously. That's me and my wife. Yeah. Want to get drunk and fool around? Yep. On board. Um. That's really cool, and that shows you too that this movie without those three actors would have crashed and burned. Yeah. This movie would have been very not good without yeah, those three dudes. For sure. Robert Shaw. Um, Is that Quint? Quint. Okay. Uh, Robert Shaw wanted a, a, there to be a big speech mm-hmm. at a certain point. They wrote up a speech for him. He rewrote it. He was a playwright himself. No he shit. He rewrote it. About his, uh, yeah. the shark, his, his friends dying by shark yeah. and stuff. Really? The USN, USS Indianapolis speech was like written by a writer they brought in to write him a, a, a speech and then rewritten by him. And then I think even the doll's eyes part was improvised as he was doing it. That really reminded me of like Mike Myers. <laughs> the blackest eyes, the devil's eyes. Uh-huh. Yeah. That's pretty good Loomis, I just Exactly. Did. I just wanna, that was amazing that Loomis. Up. I want to bring that up. Listen, you should be Loomis for Halloween. Maybe I Donnie, will. get your ass out of here. Get your ass out of here. It's <laughs> <laughs> awesome. But apparently he was, um, old, old, old Quint was uh, real drunk most of the time. And an asshole to Richard Dreyfus. I love that. Yeah, I do too. I Richard Dreyfus does too. And he, he's talking about it. Apparently it really helped them to have that, that relationship they have in the yeah, movie. Yeah. And apparently I read like during that, um, the Indianapolis speech that like the first take that he did one day, he did all in one take when he was like fucking wasted, Uh real drunk. (laughs) And then like he, you know, the next day he really, really asked to like reshoot it sober. But apparently there's a few shots in there that are from the drunk take. Yeah. His eyes are like real, like glassy (laughs) and he looks kind of more shot. Uh And then some of the other ones, he looks a little bit more together, you know? 
uh, interesting stuff. But yeah, apparently he really struggled with with alcoholism. Yeah, and Richard Dreyfuss apparently really butted heads with him. Yeah, on a lot of that stuff too. I read one thing where like one day in between takes, um, what was the name that played Quint? What was the name? Uh, Robert Shaw. Robert Shaw was like, man, I really wish that I could quit drinking. And he was like drinking a beer or something. And uh, Richard Dreyfuss just like grabbed his drink out of his hand and threw it out in the ocean. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, apparently there was some conflict around that too. Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, uh, and they, they had the fact that they were just dealing with all these shitty conditions and angry and and whatnot, all that boiling to a head. And still, you get the camaraderie you see in the scar uh, comparisons. Yeah, yeah, which is which is such a good and like organic scene it in really the way does that, that feel, comes together. It feels very organic. I feel like I have been around those scenarios where you get guys yeah. that are really, really, really butting heads and just mm-hmm. at each other's throats. A lot of times because they're too similar. Yeah, you know? and. But something, yeah, like some kind of conversational topic will come up. There'll be a little drinking or something going on. And then it's all cool. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. It's like I've seen that kind of thing happen in real life. And it would have been easy for that scene to be really fucking dumb. Yes. It really would have been. Yeah, and be like, oh, look at my scars. Like, it would have been easy for that to turn out bad. But the way that those two characters, again, maybe because of their real-life hostility they had to each other, the way those two characters kind of like came together and amended their their uh, woes with each other, yeah. I thought was really natural and good in that scene. Yeah, I agree with that. I think um, in the end, like it, it's real hard to imagine what this movie would have been if it went to plan. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If everything went according to would plan. Would it have been a great movie? Would it have ever mm-hmm. lived up to what we see today? Right, right. Um, I think that this movie, too... One thing that it doesn't really get enough credit for is I feel like it kind of created a lot of what would become the slasher genre in a lot of ways. Yeah, yeah it does. It does have that because we actually get the shark POV. It, sh- it starts with a POV of the yeah. killer, mm-hmm. which is like, that's exactly what Halloween does. Yeah. Lots of other horror flicks do that same thing. Mm-hmm. And then, too, it's like, who's the first to die? Some drunk teens that were going off to be promiscuous mm-hmm. and take their clothes off and yeah. fool around and stuff. And that's the first victim. It's like you just described so many slasher movies. That's true. Just by saying that's how that's how it starts. Yeah, you know? I would say yeah. You you combine what you get out of this with Texas Chainsaw, and you get a, most of the roots of the American slasher. Now I understand you have a little bit of a theory about the mysterious death of one <laughs> Ben Gardner because there's that scene yeah where he's like underwater in that sunken yeah. boat and you see the severed head floating around. Well, down there. Th- this is a joke. Uh, from uh, Analyze Fish. Okay. Which uh, it starts, that that podcast starts as a show where Harris Whittles tries to convince Scott Ackerman to like the band Fish. Okay. And then at, epi- <laughs> then at episode five, uh, Howard Kramer, Paul F. Tompkins, and Shelby Farrow come on to discuss Jaws. <laughs> I like where that's going. Okay. So uh, check out Analyze Fish episodes five and six. Is it PH Fish? It, it's PH Fish, but when it's the Jaws, they do Analyze F-I-S-H Fish. That's fantastic. Uh, but Paul F. Tompkins said as a joke, because Shelby Farrow pointed out, it's weird that Ben Gardner, when he finds... Ben Gardner is the guy who's dead underwater yeah. in the boat that is found in the first scuba diving scene, that his eye is out. 
His eye is kind of out. Now, the only way that would have happened, because he definitely just died the day or night before. Right. When everybody... Because we saw him that morning. Yeah, yeah. We see him a couple times. It's not like he's been down there decomposing. Yeah. Yeah. So he's not decomposing... And he doesn't have mutilation on his head, so the shark didn't bite into his head hard enough for his eye to pop out. Right. Okay. And Jason didn't squeeze his head. Jason didn't squeeze his head. Paul F. Tompkins made the joke. Do you think he was murdered? I like this. And I started thinking about it. That motherfucker was murdered. They just found a fucking murder scene is what they found. Yeah. He wasn't killed by a shark. He was murdered. Who done it? It must have been somebody else who wanted the shark bounty. I bet. I bet it was the kingpin octopus at the bottom of the sea. Oh, shit. He did it. He was like, there's he's going to be sleeping with the fishes. town, and I want him out of here. <laughs> I bet. Is that the shark? Yeah. Ben Gardner? Under the sea. Under the sea. Yeah, maybe that's what happened. Well, see, so- the thing is, is like... Kate just read the book, and she said in the book there's, like, this big mafia yeah. angle. Something about, like, the yeah, mafia kind of owns the town and doesn't want them to shut down the beaches because they own all the tourist money or yeah, something. Yeah, the book didn't rely on the fact that a shark is scary enough. It That's fine. It a yeah, whole bunch uh, of other tension. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, maybe Ben Gardner pissed off a mob boss or something, and now he's sleeping with the fishes. And it just, for some reason, made them think, oh, he must have been... Because, like, the side of the boat was definitely bit by a shark, and there was a shark tooth in it. Yeah, yeah. But being gardener, I mean, what did the shark do? Poke him in the eye? Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm just saying. You might be on to something. I think Paul F. Tompkins was on to something. I think Ben Gardner was an inside job. What if... What oh, if, shit. Yo, what if actually that's somebody that, like, Steven Spielberg had killed in real life? <laughs> And it's like hidden in plain sight. He's like, well, let's put him in the movie. Nobody will suspect a thing. They'll think it's that, a prop. That shot actually is interesting because uh, Steven Spielberg, they they had done a, a, a plaster cast of the guy who played Ben Gardner because uh-huh. they were thinking of maybe shooting a death scene at, you know, while they were in Martha's Vineyard, which is where this is shot. And then they never did it. And then they went back to Burbank to shoot some of the underwater stuff that we see in a tank. Oh, okay. So there was some tank shot. There was some tank shot. Okay. And he came up with the idea of using that Ben Gardner head to have like, you know, him dead at the, at the Mm. bottom of the ocean. (laughs) And, uh, he used it particularly because he wanted to have, he wanted to have a big scare near the middle of the movie so, you know, you don't bore people to death. Yeah. I mean, it's scary to see shark attacks, but, like, the, like, shock value scare. Totally. Uh, that you don't get, again, until, you know, uh, Chief Brody is uh, scooping chum out into the water and then the shark yeah, just yeah. Sort of comes up. Yeah, yeah, which is up. awesome. Uh, he, wanted, he wanted to have that so that you, you don't get too bored up to that point. But the first time he showed it... The, the musical sting on it and everything, it scared people so much that later when they showed the shark, it, people didn't have the same wow. sort of reaction. So they actually had to tone that down. Wow. So they were peaking too early. Yeah, they were peaking too early. But yeah, that, that's, that's funny. That's an interesting scene. I really like, I think it would be interesting to have a, a separate thing going on in Jaws. Yeah. Where just like somebody killed Ben Gardner. He knew too much or something. And it's the director of the movie. And it becomes like super meta. Oh shit. Jaws 2 is is, uh, Steven Spielberg trying to get other people to be in a shark movie and he kills them. What if it was like, Quint's the guy that finds Ben, right? 
Oh, no. Uh, uh, Hooper, Hooper finds Ben? Hooper finds Ben. So Hooper's down there, and he finds, like, this fucking destroyed corpse of Ben Gardner. Mm-hmm. He's like, oh, man. And then he, like, he looks in there, and, like, clutched in the hand of Ben Gardner is, like, the script for Jaws, and it has all of Hooper's lines, like, highlighted. And he's like, he was originally supposed to be me. Oh, no. I'm in a movie? Oh, shit. In the mouth of madness, Jaws. <laughs> uh, yeah. I would have been way on board Whoa, for shit. that. In the mouth of madness, Jaws. In the Jaws of madness. Boom. Boom. <laughs> Team up. We got it, man. DC Marvel Amalgam Universe. That went great, didn't it? <laughs> it did. Everybody loved it. So the sh- Sutter Kane is a shark. <laughs> Whenever he walks into that big black church, yeah. a shark turns around. <laughs> I would love that so much. A shark just sitting at a typewriter. Dude, yeah. one day if 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 our shit gets to be big enough to where like people are doing cool like fan made animations and I'd stuff, I'd love to see that. I want that. That's all I want. In the jaws of madness. In the jaws of madness. <laughs> I want that. Maybe that's something. That, hey, with the YouTube channel and stuff, we're gonna do. Let's make it. Maybe that becomes a thing. You In know, the jaws of madness. I'll go home <laughs> right there right now. That would be. Very fun. I'm on board. Now, I understand you also have a theory about our favorite old man boob having man, bad hat, Harry. Oh, that's some bad hat, Harry. Okay. He's got man boobs. He do. He do have man boobs. Saggy. Okay, so I got to use allegedly here. Allegedly. A a few times. Allegedly. Allegedly, even though everybody knows it. Brian Singer fucks 14-year-old boys. Brian Singer, director of X-Men and many and other movies. producer of a million things. Yeah. Now Likes the, to fuck kids. He sure does. Allegedly. Allegedly. He I, sure it does. It is alleged that Brian Singer Definitely likes to does. have 14-year-old boys come to his mansion and drug them up and have sex with them. Yeah, allegedly. Allegedly. He, the name of his production company is Bad Hat Harry. Bad Hat Harry, yeah. Uh-huh. The the Bad Hat Harry scene directly precedes a young boy being eaten by a predator. Mm-mm-mm. I'm just saying. Do you think he watched that and he's like, I'm kind of like that shark? Yeah, I think he did. I pray on boys. Uh-huh. I That's think, not good. Yeah. Hidden he wanted to name sight. it I Pray on Boys Productions. <laughs> like that, somebody was like, that's a bad call. Yeah. Allegedly. Allegedly. Yeah, because if he doesn't pray on boys and you name it, I pray on boys productions. It's fine. Yeah, yeah. It's just like wow, that's kind of dark, but yeah. okay. It's got so, us talking about it. Yeah. Check so, out our new YouTube channel. We pray on boys. <laughs> Wait, no, no. Don't check out that. One. No. Don't even talk that in. <laughs> so it's kind of like uh, Victor Salva and Jeepers Creepers just bragging about it. Yeah, insight that I think he, uh, I think it, we might see that a lot more than we know. Like, we care to see, yeah. Yeah, Ooh. we don't realize just who's out there fucking children. Yeah, probably a lot of people. It's more people than you want. Uh, you know, more than, more uh, than more zero, than zero is, is... More than I want, really. More than I want, so, yeah. I'll tell you two things but about allegedly this. allegedly about Alleg- Okay, yeah, allegedly, yeah, allegedly. I'll tell you two things about this movie that I don't like, Steve. Okay. Uh, and this is really just problems that I have with a lot of movies that were made in the 70s. Okay. Not just limited to this one. For one, everybody in the 70s, young and old, ugly, looked really stupid and ugly. Mm-hmm. Like, really stupid and ugly. Yeah. Everybody had just horrible hair. Like, yeah. that, that, that first girl that gets killed, yeah. and the dude looks over her across the bonfire uh-huh. and sees her stupid fucking haircut. Yeah. Old ladies never looked older. No. Then when they had those two-toned sunglasses, oh those God. 70s, like... 
gradient tone puffy hair the big puffy hair and the the mottled brown skin from doing so much tanning Uh, and like big puffy sleeves on stuff oh yeah Uh uh-huh and then the dudes just all had really stupid shaggy hair and just stupid glasses i seriously think in the 70s it must have been colder on men's ears yeah they had to keep them things covered up. yeah that must have been and then the 80s it was the back of the neck that's why mullets were popular yeah uh you might be onto something right Uh there yeah (laughs) Huh. Yeah, everybody in this movie looks pretty stupid. They really do. Yeah. Uh, I I mean, I think... uh, I think people would say Chief Brody's a handsome guy. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Um, And I like... I I take that back. I really like... uh, I like Hooper. I like Mr. Holland uh Young. He reminds me of... My buddy Matt Reynolds that plays bass in the Riders of Brohan. Oh, okay. Reminds me very much, even character-wise, actually, reminds me very much of my buddy Matt. I think... I really do think that... um, Richard Dreyfus is so perfect oh, in yeah. that role. Yeah, I mean, all those dudes. Are yeah, they perfect. really fit the exact perfect. Because like you want to hate Richard Dreyfus, but he is charming. Yeah, he like is. he comes off as abrasive and like overly bold, and it's like, yeah. how can you be so bold? Like you know, you're just some normal looking dude. Yeah. And you got a kind of whiny voice, but uh-huh. he's like charming still. And he's funny. And it's like, he's also, yeah, he's book smart and, and a rich mm-hmm. kid and stuff like this, but it's like, he's also quite capable and knows yeah. what the fuck he's doing. And he can be a down to earth dude. Yeah. Like totally. he, just cause his family's rich doesn't make him an asshole. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And he's using his money for good. I think so. Yeah. I think so. So yeah, the ugly seventies people, some have a problem with another thing about a lot of seventies movies that just kind of gets me down in general they all look like it is constantly around 4 p.m. Yeah, okay. Well, My least favorite time of every day. Every director was aiming for magic hour. Yeah. They, they were all trying to hit that just sort of magical time where the light is just right. The thing is, I think that... There were limitations, I'm there sure. There were limitations. Yeah, That's what I was going to say. Is it has to do with the film... And the way that color comes across yeah. in specific light yeah. with digital and and you know specifically with the high definition digital and platform Instagram filters and the great Instagram filters, yeah. Lark, Snapchat filters. Hey, dude, Hudson. Oh man, <laughs> Hudson's where it's at. Yeah. You put a Hudson on those little uh, the dog nose and ears. Oh man, well you're gonna look like a goddamn model. That's exactly right. Uh huh. But I mean, like you can capture more light with the high definition digital. And so you can catch different times of yeah. day a lot better. But yeah, there was, uh, specifically for film and in the 70s, the film just needed that right time of yeah. day. And so it does all tend to look the same time. Yep. And yeah. it's like, that's that's part of the reason why I've never liked like a lot of 70s westerns and stuff like yeah. that. Like I look at those movies <laughs> and I just think about, it looks like the most boring time of day there. It doesn't I, look I like love those westerns, but yeah, I get yeah. you. I get what you know you're what saying. I mean? It's just like the sun's directly overhead. Yep. Mm-hmm. It's going to be miserable hot outside. Yeah. It's not a it's not a bright, fresh morning. It all looks like the countryside in Italy. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, you know, it's like it's not dusk where things are like, okay, it's winding down. It's not nighttime when all the cool stuff happens. Yeah. Like, 4 p.m. is just always my least favorite time of, of any day. Yeah. Any day. As a kid... It really like is a bad time. Sunday. Uh-huh. Sunday is that window from about 2 to 5. Yeah. The worst times of my life. Nothing on TV. No. Nothing or, to do. Well, that's when my fucking dad would be watching, like, NASCAR. 
you oh, know, God. just hogging the TV and stuff. I can't even hear the sound of an NASCAR race without feeling my blood pressure rise. I hate oh, it so really? fucking. Oh, really? It makes I mine drop. So I almost fall asleep immediately. Oh, God, I hate it so much. My man. grandfather would have NASCAR on Sunday afternoons yeah. and be asleep in his chair. Oh, yeah. And if, if you sat there for long enough, you'd fall asleep, too. Yeah. Or, you know, <laughs> in my case, it's like I just try to, like change channel because dad was asleep oh that doesn't work my grandfather i'm watching that yeah Yeah. it's like no you're not you're sleeping how are you watching yeah you are asleep how did you do this so to me it just kind of reminds me of just the most boring time of day and that's something that again isn't just it's no fault of this movie just like the ugly 70s people it's like Mm -hmm. it's just how it was back then in film yeah but I just don't like looking at that. Yeah, the look I, of it's not great. I can't help it. Yeah. It just looks too much like real boring life. What this does do that I love that goes against most 70s movies, I would say, okay. is it doesn't run too long. It's even not. Though this yeah. is, even though this is a basically full two-hour movie, I yeah. think it's a little under. Um, And I would say that the opening 45 minutes would seem to drag in another director's hands Mm -hmm. and without that John Williams score and without the charismatic yeah and without the charismatic leads it would seem to drag but it doesn't it just as I said I can come in at any moment on Jaws if somebody's just watching Jaws and I walk in and it's right when the Kittner boy gets eaten. Yeah. I'll sit down and watch it. If it's right when uh, Brody shows up at the beach wh- where the dead girl is, I'll watch it. I, I like it. It captures me immediately. Every scene I think is engrossing. Yeah, and it it's well paced for oh. two hours. And in seventies movies, not that's a lot of not, that. Not a lot of that. You no. come in to say like "Don't look now," mm-hmm. which is a great horror movie. But you come in to "Don't look now." Uh, five minutes in, you have no idea what the fuck's happening. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, the same way. Uh-huh. Like you really do need to know what's going on up to this point because yeah, it definitely. doesn't stop to remind you. Mm-hmm. There's no exposition. Like so many '70s movies, you can't just come in on them, and they so many feel too it's true. long. And, and you know, I think it's probably probably too because our three main leads in here are just constantly reestablishing their characters. Yep. It's like they are mm-hmm. all constantly acting like their character, and they're all yeah. They're always slightly minutely evolving. Like yeah, Quint yeah, yeah. is beginning to like Hooper. Yeah. Quint is beginning to doubt uh, Chief's like resolve. He assumes Chief is this like big tough guy because he's a former New York police yeah. officer. But as he gets to know him better, he starts to see Hooper's the the tough one. Yeah. And Chief is like has no idea what he's doing out on the water. But even the way that Brody kind of evolves a little bit too is like yeah. that first time that you see him like doing the chum bucket and he's like about to fucking gag. He's like yeah. putting a rag over his face yeah. and stuff like this. Yeah, he's got he's old spice is on that a what rag. That is? Yep, it's Ew. old spice. That's just what you would smell like back then, uh-huh. I'm sure. But he yeah, he's like real squeamish about it and then like later on he's just like whatever, I'm fucking chomping a cigarette yeah. and doing this like yeah. you see his character evolve in a natural way that isn't that mm-hmm. um Pirates of the Caribbean, uh, what's her name in that movie? Keira Knightley. Keira Knightley. Mm-hmm. It's just like, I'm suddenly a badass yeah. now. It's not really like that. Yeah, he's he's not even being suddenly a badass in the end when he does blow up the shark. First yeah, thing, he barely gets away. Yeah, he, the first thing, he puts the, the uh, tank into the shark's mouth just because that's the only thing nearby yeah. to defend himself with. And also, and then too, he's like going down with the ship. He's like, I got this gun. I'm going to try to shoot that tank. Well. That's this is my like he never becomes the badass Mm -hmm. and even as they're swimming back like he's still like hates the ocean yeah yeah he hasn't changed in that way he's just been uh put into a situation where 
he had to be a badass and he steps up some trivia for you too so the scene right there at the very end the iconic smile you son of a explosion uh-huh. he actually said smile you son of a, another shark yeah, huh. yeah. You never would have known it because he smiles. You son of another shark! It's really not very threatening. You're a creation of our great god. <laughs> you couldn't hear that over the explosion. I worship them. Yeah. Three and one, one and three. <laughs> them, mm-hmm. him, them. Uh huh. <laughs> but don't you dare walk into a lady's toilet if you got a dick. <laughs> he Jesus. said all that while the shark was going down. <laughs> they, but the explosion yeah. covered it. Yeah, it was a loud was explosion. Better without it i think they were right (laughs) (laughs) so what do you think of this movie overall steve man this is a great movie this is a classic uh not only a classic horror movie this is one of those uh like the exorcist that crosses Mm -hmm. over or like blair witch or any other of those movies that it's like people who say i don't like horror movies they've seen it still that's an interesting yeah that that's an interesting thing this is probably the greatest crossover horror film of all time because I mean, to, to me, movies like The Exorcist and the yeah. movies like Elm Street and stuff like that and Halloween are so mega iconic and important that I'm like, well, surely everybody's seen this. And it's yeah. like, actually, tons of people have not yeah, seen tons of like, people out, yeah. Tons of people in our parents' generation that were around when this stuff was coming out uh-huh. like wouldn't touch a Jason movie with a 10-foot pole. They yeah. wouldn't go see Halloween. They wouldn't see Pumpkinhead or anything like this. This movie did somehow manage to be a horror movie that everybody saw it. Yeah, exactly. Like even you know, like my mom never saw The Exorcist. My mom yeah. has never seen The Exorcist, but she has seen Jaws. Yeah, everybody watched this, even people that didn't like horror. And yeah. maybe it's because there's something so real and tangible. Yes. about it. It's like this very. There's nothing about this that couldn't happen. Yeah, I mean. The size isn't verifiable. Yeah, 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 of course. It would be rare for a single shark to be responsible for all these deaths. Right. But, But again, this is based off of the Madawan, New Jersey attacks of what they believe was a single shark Mm -hmm. who also went up into estuaries and bit people, too. So, like, everything in Peter Benchley's novel and in the the movie... It's based on some. It's based on some amount of truth of course we've learned a lot about sharks since the 70s but. sure sure yeah and that's that's the thing about this movie too it's like it, you have to bring it up for one it severely wrecked tourist industry to beach towns and stuff like that yes it in did the subsequent the year it came out in subsequent years it scared people so fucking bad that it actually wrecked the tourism industry it really yeah. put a hurt on it like a mm-hmm. lot of people did not do well in those coastal towns because yeah. they rely on summertime. Yes, they uh, do. That's what they rely on. It also so, hurt sharks. That's what I was going to say. Shark hunters became more prevalent. People were okay killing sharks. Okay with fucking killing sharks. Because they thought that that was like, they really thought like, oh, this is what sharks do. They they come in and they eat humans. Yeah. We got to kill them. Yeah, exactly. So we're just now getting to the point where great white sharks are no longer threatened species. They're still vulnerable, but mm-hmm. like efforts have been made to stop people from hunting sharks. But yeah. again, every time a new popular shark movie comes out, there is some more of that. There's right. a little bit more of an uptick in people mistreating sharks. I feel like Dragonheart with Sean Connery really tried to repair human and dragon relations. <laughs> yeah, it did. You know? And I it, know it I stopped killing dragons. Oh, yeah. I ne- yeah, I would never have another dragon killed mm. in front of me after that. No. But then you had movies like Reign of Fire that came right back and yeah. just they put dragons in the bad light again. I did have a dragon meat corn dog for that movie. Yeah, okay, well... What were you going to do? Not yeah, have one? That's true. Come on. Dragon meat. Delicious. Obviously. Mm-hmm. Doesn't make it right. No, but it's delicious. But 
you can't ignore that yeah. fact either. So yeah, this movie actually, and I've heard like Steven Spielberg and uh, Peter Benchley both be like, yeah, sorry about all the shark killing that this inspired. <laughs> like, it, that's not their fault though. Like that's the I, it's, thing. Yeah, like, it's the gullibility of people to be like, yeah. it was in a movie. It's probably really like that. Yeah. Like I'm, I wonder how many people watch a movie where somebody does a nice thing and then they go out and do a nice thing. Hey, yeah. Like it just seems Pay so forward. Oh shit! That, that was the genesis. I of saw that movie. Pay It Forward, and I was like, "Oh, you can hide alcohol. Cool. <laughs> I, now I won't get yelled at so much." Yeah, nice. <laughs> but uh, like, uh, it does seem weird that, it, and I actually wrote this down about like the scene where they have the tiger shark and they're all posing with this oh, dead yeah, tiger yeah, yeah. shark that didn't do anything. Yeah, yeah. Also, uh, that was a real shark. Yes, it was. That's it was gross. a real dead I, shark. I thought it was fake. I was like, "That's yeah. definitely a fake shark." No, it's very nope, real. It was real. It reminded me of all the photos you'd see. <laughs> Hacking dog. Get it up, girl. <laughs> My dog, Salem, decided to introduce herself. He's just hacking hack. on a bone. He got uh, it up. <laughs> Go in there in the kitchen. Get something to eat. <laughs> but, like, you see, you could see pictures of people at lynchings and things. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. Oh, people, like, yeah, yeah. The way that they... Hooping and like, hollering. If Woo. people feel like there's, they're just uh -huh. in hurting someone or something else... Yeah. Man, people will like jump right on it. They love like yeah. the opportunity to cause violence and harm. Uh, so I, I mean, it's like can't you can't blame Stephen King or Peter Benchley, yeah. but like, gosh, do we always have to worry about the human condition? About the fact that people just love any excuse to hurt? Well, the thing is too that's interesting now that you mentioned that that I think is a, a real critical part about this movie too. And, of course, we've seen this many times in life, but the way that because human beings are involved and the mm -hmm. loss of another human being's life was involved, yeah. it becomes a personal matter. Yep. It's like, I'm going to get revenge yeah. on this specific shark that did me wrong. It's like, I'm going to get revenge on this thing that nature created, and it's just being itself and doing what it does. Yeah. And I'm in its house. Uh -huh. I'm in the ocean. Yep. But it ate somebody that I like, so that now... That is not your domain. Just yeah. don't go in the ocean if you don't possibly want to get bitten by a shark. It's Yeah, you're in their house. Now we're victim blaming. Yeah. Damn it. <laughs> shark shaming. <laughs> Hashtag shark shaming. You see, you see the trunks he was wearing? Of course he got bitten <laughs> he by a shark. He was asking for it. Jesus. <laughs> but you know, it's like, it. That that's what I think a lot of this kind of comes down to as well, is like between that and between the scene where all the people are going out in the boat, it's like so fired up to... Yeah to kill this bloodthirsty shark and like it's revenge like they're hunting down a criminal that did this on purpose mm -hmm. or specifically targeted yeah this kid or whatever um it's interesting to see that the human element of just like we make it personal because we're humans yeah yeah and it is a real shame because yeah. the shark just being a shark yeah he sh sharker's gonna shark and really do you think like uh, people are always like oh they develop a taste for humans really really do though? you think like the shark is like what is that different taste? I really <laughs> like that. I'm going to seek that out more and yeah. not just eat the thing nearest to me. Yeah. Which is what all sharks of fish do. down here. <laughs> yeah. No doubt, man. Yeah. So anyway, uh, this movie, great. All-time classic. Yeah. Um, I think a lot of people would put it in their top five or top ten sure. uh, favorite horror movies of all time. I have never thought of a top five or top ten horror movies. I always just think of my favorite two, Texas Chainsaw Massacre and The Shining, sure. for sure. Yeah. This movie, I think, if I were writing down a top ten, might go in there, for sure. Wow, yeah. It, it's up there. Um, and that's because I've had so much exposure to it, 
and it lasts the test of time. It's very no true. No matter how many times I've seen it, it's always just been like, still a great movie, still a great story, still well-directed, still looks great. Yeah. So, for me, this is a real great movie. It does have, like you said, it's got some swashbuckling tunes at inopportune times. Mm-hmm. Uh, te- terrible uh, female characters, though. Um, I guess if in the end you're just gonna have three dudes on a ship, yeah, you're gonna have that dynamic. I don't know why, because like the female character's not gonna get to come back. It's to like there's a lot of opportunity. No. Yeah. So I I don't know if that's a huge detriment to it. You could have made one of those characters on the boat female, but then in the seventies, especially, everybody would want that to be a love triangle, and that's yeah. just not even close well, to what you're trying to do with shark movies. the thing is too is according to according to kate like i said just finished the book mm-hmm. in the book there's apparently like this whole thing where uh brody's wife is like fucking hooper yeah <laughs> and she said all the characters in the book are just that was of shit I, that is definitely one of the things i it, stephen king said in one of the documentaries i watched that he he wanted out spielberg. of the story yeah steven spielberg yeah I just said Stephen. Stephen King wanted out of there Stephen too. Stephen King, yeah. he was there. They asked him, "Did you want that?" And he's like, "No, no, that's a bad one." But you know what? You should add just giant uh, spider out. A fucking huge spider <laughs> and cocaine, yeah, and cocaine. cocaine everywhere. Um, but yeah, this is a great movie to me, and it's hard for me to not give it a ten. You're diming this thing out, diamond. Uh, Will he dime? Will I dime? Will I dime? Fuck. Because I, I I feel like, to me, it's still not up to 10 level. Yeah, yeah. Nine and a half. Nine and a sure. half. It's pretty dang close. Pretty close to a 10 is what you're saying. Mm-hmm. I understand that. I understand um, everybody's love for this movie. Again, yeah. the, whole, the whole tale of how it was made is amazing. I think... To this day, it still it still looks really good. Like I've heard people be like, "Man, that shark looks terrible." I think they're stupid. I yeah, think the mechanical I mean, shark looks great. You you rarely get a shot long enough to, to see it to see that it it looks bad. There yeah. are, you know, I definitely think when Quint is getting chomped on, it does look more like a wildly chomping robot. Okay, yeah. Than other moments, but I guess so. Yeah, I think it looks great most of the time. Yeah. And you again, it's shot perfectly so that you just don't see it long enough to Mm-mm. get to no. register it. Uh, again, incredibly iconic theme, amazing performances, great character studies. Uh-huh. You know, it's like the the, the struggle is like, yeah, they're they're trying to fight this shark, but like you said, it's also these three very different characters wrestling with each other and their mm-hmm. personal dynamics and stuff, and I really like that a lot. There's a lot about this movie to love. There tis. For some reason, I only like it. Huh. Yeah. Well, that's all right. I don't I don't know why. We ain't got to agree on everything. Oh. Just the important things. Just the important things. Like our belief and love of Jesus Christ. Of course. That uh-huh. we're on board with. No, I don't know. I can't explain it. Like, I have never loved this movie. It's like you said. It's like a lot of people have put it in their top ten. And obviously, it's a highly important, mega influential, changed the film industry, changed the tour- tourism industry, and everything. It's a hugely important, very well done movie. But for some reason, it's just not my movie. Like, I think the reason okay. I haven't watched it in 10 years is just because I just don't love watching it. Yeah. Right. I can't really even justify it and tell you why. Again, That's okay. Th- there's, the, there's that 4 p.m. aesthetic that I just don't really get on board with. Uh-huh. I just don't know. I don't know why I don't love it. That's okay. But for me, I'm going to say it's like a seven. 
flip the table. Yeah. Just start flipping out. <laughs> God damn it. Everything seven? gets flipped. What the fuck? <laughs> uh, so, I, I get that. I, I mean, I, I get why people like it. Yeah, and I get I get why it might not uh, resonate the same way because like again I just saw it so many times as a kid. Yeah, like I think we would agree, well made movie. Obviously, yeah, yeah obviously, obviously mm-hmm. so. Well, next week on the show we're going to be talking about maybe a not super well made movie, <laughs> but it's very endearing. Yeah, a year ago next week we did uh, our first wild believe, card. wild card, which was. Harry Potter and the Philosopher's slash Sorcerer's Stone. Yeah. And this upcoming episode, we're going back to HP. HP coming back at you. HP 2. Oh, man. You're talking about a chamber of Sarkats. Uh-huh. Just wait till they do the remake of um, Harry Potter. They'll do a remake eventually, probably in the next five years. I want a BBC series. And when they get to HP 2, they'll call it HP 2. And on the on the picture, it'll be Harry Potter with his glasses tipped down. Oh, dang. And it'll be like Chamber of Secrets. Naughty. It's like a naughty thing. I yeah. hope it's HP2O. HP2O. Yeah. Harry Potter 20 years later. Uh-huh. And, uh-huh. and uh, Jamie Lee Curtis is playing McGonagall. Oh, Buster okay. Rhymes is Hagrid. Okay. Or LL Cool J. LL we always cool do J. this. LL Cool J is Hagrid, I think. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know why. <laughs> He's always talking about his omelet recipe. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So be sure to tune in next week for that uh, stunning, thrilling episode. I always love doing a Harry Potter yeah, anything, so it's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, you guys can follow me on that Instagram over at Ben Eller Guitars. Where can they find us on them internet, Steve? Uh, you can find us at Dead Lovely Pod. Um, that's on Instagram and mm-hmm. Twitter. Yep. We also have a Facebook group, Dead and Lovely Horror Movie Podcast. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Then also you can email us at deadandlovelypod at gmail.com. Mm-hmm, and you can mm-hmm. find me at Steven Spratling on the Twitters, etc. Mm-hmm. Well, you guys can also be sure to do us a favor and go on iTunes, rate and review our podcast. Mm-hmm. I've not seen near enough dope reviews lately. I'm getting really fucking disappointed in y'all show some spine folks pick up that phone type in an itunes review keep it g-rated or else they won't post it (sighs) uncle ben uncle ben's the hard ass i'm I'm hollywood steve i'm just cool you're just cool as a cuke over there you guys want to do some coke and i'm over here just laying down the law got a good good cop bad if you're gonna stay in my house you're gonna follow my rules i'm uncle ben get up there and mow the yard for your mom hey don't worry about it i got a gardener this is hollywood (sighs) brah Hollywood Steve. Always contradict him. You contrarian. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, but yeah, do go on there, rate, and review. It's been a lot of fun talking about old Jaws with you today, Steve. Mm-hmm. I've had some fun. I've had a good time. I'm going to have me some fun. I'm going to have me some fun. I'm going to have me some fun. It's Predator. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Thanks for tuning in, y'all. Bye-bye. Bye.